so how does David sound now? David is good now too. Okay. So, hey, fantastic. Sorry, running into hardware issues early to start this. Kind of one of the reasons why we're late. But I was trying to do something to fix my PC, and uh, apparently it didn't work the way that I wanted it to. Yes, I need to get a new computer, Dylan, for sure. Oh, I'm sorry, Kraken. I definitely need to get a new computer. It's very irritating. Look, it's uh, okay for me, Tom. I'm, I'm feeling fine. But like I said, there is other game news and community news to get to. We're not going to start with that. Instead, we're going to start with a conversation with uh, several of our friends. So uh, we have invited on uh, to talk about uh, their perspectives on the Black Lives Matter movement, being black in the FGC and in esports, uh, and anything else that they sort of like to say. Uh, we've invited on um, Amanda Stevens, Cuddlecore, Hell Pockets, and Calm Warrior, uh, David, uh, to give their perspectives of... They are. They have different backgrounds, right? They're from different places. Uh, I feel like they're they're all people who I know or, or and and think um, can you know have that have good perspectives on this. Who who uh, I really want to hear from on this. I've heard some of them talk about it before, uh, but I think it's important to give uh, you know all the opportunities that we can to hear directly from people about how you know being black in FGC and in the larger world has impacted them. Uh, I think this is a, it's an opportunity to do it. Yep. So uh, should I just bring on our first guest right away then? You got it. All right. So for first guest here, of course, is uh, Amanda Stevens. How you doing, Amanda? Uh, do, do you even go by Sage Gnosis anymore? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, <laughs> I haven't been Sage Gnosis uh, content-wise in... Geez, like three, four years. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> so it's just—I mean, it's—it's it's confusing, right? Because like my Twitch is Sage Gnosis, my YouTube Sage Gnosis, but I don't. You got to pick a name anymore. When yeah. I when I was <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes it also makes it easier for people to find me. Uh, Americans notoriously don't know how to spell Gnosis, uh, hmm. so that was like hurting my reach. But, you know, right, that's not okay, what I'm okay. here for tonight, maybe. Because <laughs> I went to go look up your Twitter and, you know, to oh, type it in here. Stevens. Yeah, I have it down there now. But, you know, when I first did try to look you up, I tried to look up Sage Gnosis and I was like, whoops, <laughs> it's not it's not yeah. there anymore. <laughs> so, no, that is not why you're here. Um, no. The, the point of this is... I think not so much to be an interview as to give you a chance to say whatever your piece is, whatever you'd like to say about uh, life in the FGC as a black person, uh, as a trans person, uh, life in the larger world as either of those. You got the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, uh, one of the things I definitely want to bring up, uh, I've said it a few times, you know, a lot of people have been asking me to talk about Black Lives Matter, especially when it comes to esports lately. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to rose tint glass the FGC. You know, we, we talk about diversity and how diverse we are, which comparatively to a lot of the other scenes I work in, we are. Like, you know, here's your gold participation star. You are above a very low bar. It's not mm -hmm. a high jump. It's just a step up. Uh, but, you know, I remember when I first really got involved in, like, the FGC as a broad sense, you know, started going to events back in, like, 2016, you know, we're definitely a lot better than 2016. Like, we were talking about this before the show even started. Just, like, the things you would hear on commentary, like, people just don't say anymore. Stuff that people would say to me as a trans person at my first Evo didn't happen, 
last year, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay. there's just, there's just, I'm not saying like we're better or like we're good, but I think we should definitely give ourselves a little bit more credit than we tend to, right? I think like when we talk about things like this, it's like an all or nothing, right? It's either the the scene is failing us completely or it's, you know, no, it's great, we're doing fine. And I think that that's not really a fair shake for the FGC. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to say that I'm really impressed with y'all. Some of you may have heard I did Transitional Combat, which was a Street Fighter V charity tournament for, for trans charity. And I'll be real with y'all. I thought we were not even going to raise $1,000. So the fact that some of you in this chat came out to my event, either competed or, or watched it or donated and got us to $10,200, like, that's the type of shit where I could say, like, look, you have to see my suck. 30% of the time, but at least at the other 70% of the time, we can, like, do good things, right? Like, we can be a vehicle to be better. Yeah, I mean, congratulations, by the way, on that $10,000. That's so awesome, and I'm really proud of, you know, the scene for, for, for pulling that together. Yeah, and of you for doing that, too. I was listening to the uh, podcast you did with uh, Super Joe Monday. Um, I was a little spicy on that. No, it was it was cool. It was all right. Uh, I just, I just mean, it, you, you're talking about what it took to get it started, and it didn't sound like it was easy. So nice work. No, um, it, it wasn't easy, but I think, like, it's, a, I think, the best, the best thing about it is that, like, we we talk a lot about like how people need to be better or do better, but one of the things that I think is never really helpful is just saying that. Either have a game plan, like how are you actionably going to make things better, or do something that promotes things being better so in my case it was doing transitional combat you know uh person who sent me the the dope puma gear you know he looked at the privilege he has and he's doing mentorship right like he uh not not matt shaw on twitter tweeted out that like he's going to open up his twitter dms to mentor people who want to get into the esports industry right so like there's there's different things we can be doing um to make this space better if we want it to be, right? I think we spend too much energy just accepting that things are bad and wishing it could be better and not doing enough to promote that. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you've mentioned about the FGC and like, we're not perfect, but we're kind of better than, you know, we're kind of a little bit better, but I mean, you also have a different perspective because you've actually worked with a lot of the different esports, you know, groups and games and such. You know, I mean, how does the FGC stand in comparison to some of the other esports out there? I mean, I think the FGC can be a little bit more insidious mm-hmm. than other scenes. So, like, when I've done stuff in League of Legends, I've had people behind closed doors tell me to either present mail or not bring up that I'm trans when working with teams. Uh, huh. And so while that's not great, it's uh, definitely just like part of the territory as being like a non-female passing trans person. But on the other hand, I definitely know from roundabout means that there are people in the FTC who don't work with me because I'm trans, right? Mm. So like at least, at least in, in other parts of esports, people have just out and out said shit to me. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Right, like I, ha- I, I, there was, there was at a point a League of Legends coach who turned me down to work with them. Like I was doing, it was like at the peak of me doing League of Legends content. Uh, and then a few years later, he like DM'd me because he was feeling guilty about some shit and was like, the reason I didn't do the interview was because you're trans. Ugh. 
So, like, you know, I, and I think that's partially because, like, the FGC isn't, like, a business in the same sense that the rest of the esports are. Right. Okay, so, like, okay. in, 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 when, it's, when it comes to things like that, it's more personal biases and not, like, optic problems, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it is what it is. But I'm not going to pretend, like, the FGC is, like, great has been great to me. Like, I've talked about it a lot over the years about, like, the shit I get in my comments. Uh, you know, somebody... I, I remember a couple years ago when I was launching the neutral, I made a Reddit thread being like, hey, how do I... What do you guys want out of an FGC talk show? And instead of people talking about my show, one dude tried to, like, clown me for being fat, black, and trans. And it's like, I mean, I already know I'm fat, and, like, I already tell people I'm trans, so, like... <laughs> What are we trying to accomplish here? Like, I can see a mirror. I can step on a scale. I know about my weight. Right. I mean... So it's... No, I was just... I mean, that would have happened to me in, like, a lot of scenes, right? Like, nerds aren't particularly great to, to trans and queer folks. And, like, that's just yeah. a thing that will eventually get better as more and more of us just stop putting up with it and start actually being vocal and visible. But, like, I'm not going to pretend like y'all have been the nicest people to me. Not you two. <laughs> right? I love working. I've interviewed David at least twice, and I've interviewed James like four times. Like I love working with you both, but like speaking broadly, the FGC hasn't always been as welcoming to me as the energy that I put out. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember when it was the first time I met you. It was a long time ago, wasn't it? Evo 2016, because you were doing work with ESPN. It was the first time I interviewed you because I asked you if you thought that if the FGC needed something like a community board. Right, okay. Like gotcha. a ruling party yeah. to promote things into the FGC. And at the time, you said, no, I don't think we need that yeah. because, you know, we're <laughs> grassroots. Right. And uh, we, we manage our scenes pretty well. I don't know if your opinion on that uh, <laughs> is, is the same these days. I'm going to take a guess that maybe you might be on board for a community board these days. Yeah, things are a little different these days. I mean... Well, what, what about you? What's your perspective on that? Yeah, Amanda. Um, so, you know, I've actually been talking to Hado, so after what happened with LTG and Blast, where a lot of people said that, you know, these major TOs need to have more transparency, and maybe, you know, we just have a concrete rule set, Rick had made a tweet saying that he was very interested in figuring out with the other TOs how to create sort of an across-the-board, uh, code of conduct, uh, type of panel, similar to what, like, the Smash community has, right? And I got into DMs with him, and, you know, things got a little crazy because COVID started getting more and more mm. intense than people expected it to be, so that project has fallen by the wayside. But it's, I definitely think it's something we need. Do I think that we need to be, like, League of Legends, where, like, all of the publishers get together and they yeah. lay down the law? No. I think we can do what the Smash community has. Yes. We make a generalized code of conduct that doesn't clash with any of the major, any of the titles own code of conduct, right? You see Capcom Pro Tour, uh, Tekken World Tour, all of that stuff. And then we also decide like, hey, if like, this is what we expect out of these cosigns, right? You know, Combo Breaker, CEO, East Coast Throwdown, right? You know, and then we just put community members and TOs on that board, just like the Smash community does. And I'm not saying the Smash community is great, but at least when they laid down the law, it feels consistent, right? And people can look and say, nope, this isn't some vendetta against LTG. This isn't some vendetta against Sarah. This isn't right. some vendetta against FChamp. 
they can literally be like, we got these bylaws. Like, y'all can read it. And like, here's the panel of people that made this decision, right? It's not, oh, well, East Coast Throwdown was the first person to say you're banned from our tournaments. And then maybe there was some like backroom conversation and like some group chat that they all came up and was like, oh, well, you say it first and like, we'll follow suit. Because it does feel a little like sketch when it happens that way, right? <laughs> it feels weird when it has to be like, Rick's the first one to say, you're banned, never come to another combo breaker. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jabali's like, you're banned too. And then East Coast Slowdown's like, you're banned. And then Evil's like, you're banned. And you're like, well, why couldn't y'all just have like made an announcement? Why does it feel like you're just dunking on a person? <laughs> right? Right, okay. Right? It's it, it does get the same thing across, but it feels real weird that someone always has to be the first one because it gives that optic of like, oh no, well, Rick said it, so like, shit, do we have to say something? Because then it tells the community, <laughs> well, maybe that per- maybe that other TO felt pressured, right? Like, yeah. because mm-hmm. Combo Breaker said something, well, now I have to say something. And I think that when you're in that type of space, it doesn't lead to, like, healthy community optics. When I was part of the Magic the Gathering community, one of the things that I really pushed for at events was to have visible code of conduct and visible parts of the infraction procedure guide so that it never felt like you were just broadsided because you got penalized or something. Mm-hmm. Because then, it's not hidden information. It's not like a need-to-know thing. You just, it's literally everywhere. When you go to a Magic event, there is a poster, my height, that says Code of Conduct, and it's all the things you should do when you're at a Magic event. <sighs> I didn't see shit like that at an Evo. Yeah. And so then when somebody says, oh, you did something wrong, then the community argues about whether or not it's actually morally correct or not, and then you got people drawing lines in the sand when it literally should just be as easy as no, don't do this, or yes, do that. Like, it shouldn't be hard. We're fucking adults, yeah. right? Like, 80% of the people who go to an FTC event are, like, 20 or older, right? Like, it shouldn't be this hard for a bunch of adults to just, like, agree to be decent human beings to each other. Oh. Uh. I, I agree theoretically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, right? you like, just you just stated the problem with the world. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's hard to be a decent human being sometimes, but like it's not. But people it, just it, don't want to be easier the... for each other. Just like I'm not sure. It's a so little hard. bit. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I I I hear you. Yeah. Man, is there anything else you like to say? Um. No, because I'm, I'm pretty sure one of the other guests will probably get to a, to a thing that I feel about because I agree a lot with Chris and Cuddle on a lot of things, so I'm pretty sure they'll touch on it. Because I know Cuddle probably has some things to say about black women and the FTC. Right. So I'll definitely let that be the thing that she she's good at talking about it, so okay, I, I, I cede the floor. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thanks a lot, Amanda. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, but before you go, though, no I mean, sure having me. Uh, before you go, I mean, uh, obviously, you're you're planning more transitional combats and and other events. Uh, any? Uh, would you like to plug any of that stuff as well? So uh, I will be announcing on Twitter tomorrow the opening of the transitional combat Discord. Uh, it'll serve two purposes: one to manage online tournaments because you need a space to do that, mm-hmm. but also it's going to be used as a vehicle for empowerment. What that means is that we're going to be having industry people come in giving seminars. We're going to have AMAs with pro players. We're going to have uh, workshops. So, like, Bracketology 101 is a workshop that we're working on right now. 
Uh, I've been talking to people like UYU Shen to do a, a workshop on like how to market yourself as a freelancer. So it's not just going to be a server about fighting games. It's going to, you know, one of the things I have a big philosophy on is the way that you make a space better is you fill it with good people. And so if all of these mm -hmm. diverse people are making the space better by being more active in it and feeling more empowered to be a part of it, I think that's how you cause real change to happen. That sounds sounds awesome. about right to me. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on here. So, okay. All right, so she's going to hop out and then I'm going to ask uh, Cuddlecore to come in. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to switch your camera for a second here as well. And now you look like you're part of the matrix here. Hang on a second. Whoa. Feels good. Feels good. Getting a nice little massage here. Yeah. That's just the the cool flashlight that I have sitting here that I can turn on in front of you, right? So you know. I saw it. You don't have to explain it to me. That's. I'm, I know. I'm talking to the the people out there. You know, so they know. Um, cool. Okay. All right. So I've asked her to join. Hopefully, she pops in shortly. Yeah, but again, you know, for people out there, obviously, we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, about how many, how much of the FGC is the black community and how important they are in there. And, you know, uh, people in the chat were talking about this. We were talking about this, about trying to bring in as many people as we can to, you know, to, to have the black members of the FGC come in and talk about it and give their perspective because... I mean, honestly, I mean, look at us, what, you know, we can't really offer that kind of perspective. And so it'll be nice to get uh, their perspective as well and to have them talk about the issues and what the FGC can do to grow. So, you know, it's just one of those topics that we felt like was very important. We wanted to keep, uh, keep up with the momentum on that because uh, uh, although, you know, media wants to make you think that the whole thing is kind of calming down or whatever is definitely still ongoing still something that we are all working on and still uh you know trying hard to to to, to fix oh okay speaking of fix oh okay oh if you would please to fix the layout here yes no problem i feel great personally Go <laughs> david is <laughs> okay, teleporting right. there we go okay david is back ah! so in fact we're gonna get hell pockets on here Okay. Uh, what's up, Chris? Hey, I'm coming for your hair. Oh, yeah? You coming out? You co oh, you're trying to do the real stuff. Oh, you're trying to get the good I'm one going. All I'm right. I've yeah. been trying to tell you for years you should get some dreads, David. Well, I don't <laughs> do the dreads. But uh, as far as the length, yeah, you know, I'm all... I'm, uh, I'm trying to tell folks you over here tripping about not having a haircut. This is your chance yeah. to have the most wild do of your life. You'd be looking at celebrities and models having these crazy, beautiful hairdos all your life. It is your chance to give them a run for their money. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it anytime soon. You don't have to worry about that. Awesome, right. man. Can't wait to see it. Uh, so, uh, we talked with Amanda about what we're talking about here, and we wanted to get your perspective as well. So, just like with her, I just figured we'd give you the floor, and you can talk about whatever you'd like to say. Okay, well, I mean, given with the theme of the show, uh, I just think that 
first of all, we you, uh, Amanda, you had asked Amanda what she thought of the FGC and how it uh, behaved in terms of uh, marginalized cultures and whatnot in comparison to how it used to. And I agree, things have gotten a lot better. Um, and it was very painful getting to that, you know, like a lot of people <laughs> had to learn the hard way how to be decent to each other. Um, but the important part about that is the ones that finally did learn did it because they wanted to. It's very important that you do these things that you become a better person because you want to. You can't do it because someone else told you to or because someone said you're going to lose your sponsorship if you don't clean up your act. Because if you do that, it's still an act. You know, we talk about people like F Champ and LTG just being FGC villains. It's all an act, but they're really nice people. Well, that's hard to trust, you know, and that's why people don't trust people after they've been stung publicly and then said they'll change their ways and automatically they're like, you know, a 180, you know, they have to be, they have to want to change. They have to want to be better. They have to want to realize like, hey, I don't feel good when I say these hurtful things to people. You know, and I and I've been through that, you know, like now, granted, I am a black man in the FGC. I can't imagine what it's like being a black woman in the FGC. I can't imagine what it's like being a black trans woman in the FGC. Both of those things are completely foreign to me. But in my experience, you know, I've I've had issues where people who said they were my friends from the FGC told me I wasn't a real black person because I speak in complete sentences. I've been to college and. You know, I, I, I don't know, it's like a, a whole laundry list of other reasons why I'm not the most blackest person in the FGC. I didn't know there was a competition for that, but apparently, according to these people, you know, that was something that they were keeping in the back of their minds. I don't think that those people believe that these days. Who knows? But that's something that only existed back then. I'm glad most of that stuff, at least in my, in, in my experience, has been bled out of the scene, for the love of God, you know? Like, when I first came to the FGC... I was still the black kid in the arcade, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like there was a measuring stick or anything like that. Uh, it was only until after I got deeper into the scene and met so many other kinds of people that all of a sudden I was introduced to that kind of that kind of thinking. And I started wondering, like, you know, why do you feel like you need to tell me this, you know? Like, what makes, what makes you think it's okay to say these things to me? Um, and it's... I mean, I, I don't want to just call it ignorance because I feel like people know better, you know? Once you're not 15 years old anymore, and even then, you know what you're not supposed to say to people. But you say those things anyway because you have been introduced to a lifestyle that, uh, you know, you feel like you have to keep up with. And that's been a lot of uh, what I've seen not only in the FGC and not only in gaming, but just in life. When people are being offensive, when people are being edgy, it's because they are introduced to that kind of way of speaking, that way of thought, as a way of fitting in, as a way of getting people to like you. Because when you, someone says in your friend group, someone says something offensive, and you don't, you're, you're going to feel uncomfortable if you're that guy that calls them out for it. Like, when you're, like, 14 years old, you don't want to be that kid that's like, hey, man, that's not cool. We were talking about this before the show. Yeah. You don't want to be that one kid in the group that's like, hey, I think we should probably cool it with that kind of behavior because we might end up hurting each other. Your friends are going to call you a bitch. You know, they're going to tell you to get out of here. We can't hang out with you anymore. And then all of a sudden you won't have any friends anymore. So you're going to most likely double down on what they said, try to one up them on what they said. And before you know it, it's a habit of yours. That toxicity has been passed on to you. 
And if you don't believe it, you don't like the things you're saying, but you like the attention and you like not being singled out by the crowd. So you just go with it for years and years and years until the point where you've outgrown that group, but you haven't outgrown that toxicity. And you start wondering like, well, how do I communicate with people beyond that circle anymore? You know? And when I found the FGC, you know, there probably were a lot of people that kind of had that similar energy, you know? And I'm sure a lot of people felt the same way. A lot of people probably came in there and were just like, hey, some of these guys remind me of my old crew. So maybe <laughs> I can get away with that shit still. Uh... And they were right. They found Pater. They hit Pater. They were like, cool. Everybody here is an edgy little asshole just like me, <laughs> at least in my circle. So yeah. we can continue the, the, the glory years of high school for another 10 years. But eventually, that runs its course too. I mean, God forbid you become a top player and you get eyes on you. And then you don't even know how to reverse course because you're like, crap, I'm being paid money to just be me, to just do what I've always done, whether or not I'm comfortable with it or not, you know? So at that point, you'd have to want to change. You have to want to not say these hurtful things to people. You have to want to think about what you say and think, well, you know what? I wouldn't want to say this in front of certain company, so I shouldn't say it in front of anybody. That's just the tip of the iceberg in how the FGC is going to change. You know, I think a lot of people should really examine how they not necessarily are viewed by others, but how they view themselves. Like, are they happy with themselves? Because I don't believe anyone has been born onto this planet dropping the end ball. You know, I don't think they were born onto this planet being homophobic. I don't think they were born on this planet to just spread hate. I think you're born at basic, you know, the basic necessity you needed was love. And so you wanted it and you wanted to give it back. We were born on this planet to spread love, not hate. And you learn how to hate and you hate it. You learn how to hate and you despise it. And once you are privy to that kind of hate, you want to spread it around most likely because it sucks. It hurts. Mm -hmm. It's the worst feeling in the world. And the only way that you can ignore it is by maybe like pushing it off on somebody else and feeling like you're not the only person in the world that feels like shit anymore, you know? Right. Redirecting and, it, right? Yeah. Redirect it, yeah. And I, I'll be honest, that was, I had to deal with that. I had a part of my life where people had shit on me for how I was in school because I was not the typical black guy, you know? I was a nerd. I was learning the Japanese language, and I was reading Dragon Ball manga in, like, <laughs> sixth grade, 11 years old. And they thought I wasn't black enough for them. They thought I was like, they thought I wasn't thug. And so I was like, well, I guess I got to freaking be extra thuggish for these guys. I got to be like the fucking enforcer in school. Otherwise, I'm not going to survive. You know, I'm gonna, my social life is going to take a dive. And that's how that shit just ends up snowballing into a personality that wasn't there before. And I think so many people in gaming suffer from that, suffer from not getting the acceptance the way they wanted it, you know? I think they just play the role, like those people that we mentioned before. They, everybody, all of them, they're playing a role, because that's not them. Whew, that's a good intro. <laughs> we, we were talking before we went, we went live about this and about how, for each of us, there was like a moment where we realized that we had upset somebody who we were friends with, or mm -hmm. we were upset ourselves, and that eventually we sort of realized that we didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, 
does is is that something that you can I, I don't know how to get that for people without them having experienced it do you have any thoughts on that well i have a story about that's real short and it's not necessarily about things that were said um but it's about how me and a good friend of mine learned to not behave in a certain way towards each other anymore um because it hurt us uh Back when I was in college and, you know, we were out having wild drunk parties at the house and whatnot, uh, we used to get stupid and just, like, punch each other in the fucking nuts all the time, right? Just, like, beat each <laughs> other up. Like, literally, that was the game. Like, whoever's got like, the open crotch, you just punch them right in the nuts. We used to do the same exact thing. So, all right. <laughs> so, you get it. But, like, um, games like that escalate just like toxicity and bad language escalates, you know? Mm -hmm. I know that. Suddenly, you know, the game that you played in the house with your buddies, you're playing it at the movie theater, you know? You're watching, you know, Star Wars Episode Two, and your friend's got his legs open, you're banging him right in the nuts real quick, right? And he's like, ah! Oh! And you get kicked out of the movie theater because you're being an asshole. <laughs> this is a real-life story for sure. This is a real-life story. <laughs> so it, behavior like that continued to escalate, and, you know, because we were surrounded by our ecosystem, no one was trying to stop us. We were just like, everybody was, they weren't necessarily egging us on, but they were also just like, well, we're not going to be the ones to step in here and say we're, we're might, we might be getting a little too old for the, the banging the nuts game, guys. So it eventually escalated to the point where it wasn't just about banging each other in the nuts. We would just do things to hurt each other for a goof, mm -hmm. right? And I was the one that was getting sick of it before everybody else. And the night that it came to a head was one night we were hanging out and my buddy in particular was pretty hammered and he had hit me upside the head with a frying pan earlier that night and I was already hot about that <laughs> and I, I let it slide because I was like yo that's just the game that's just the group we hang out with that's how we get down you know and then the next thing I know I'm, I'm playing <laughs> I remember it vividly because I was playing gear against somebody and I was doing well but I was focused right and I hear him behind me saying hey Chris what did the five fingers say to the face? And I turned around and I fucking cracked it right in the fucking nose, right? And the next thing I know, his face is just gushing blood everywhere. It's all over the place. And I didn't mean to hit him that hard, but I was just like, you know, this is the game we play, you know? Like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. I broke the dude's fucking nose over a game. And I was mad, but I was like, in the context of the game that we're playing, this is totally legal. First thing this fucker says to me, I'm going to fucking sue you, man. You broke my nose. And I was like, dude, we do this all the time. Why are you mad now? You hit me with a, in the head with a frying pan earlier tonight. He's like, yeah, but I didn't draw blood. And I didn't break your skull. And I'm like, lucky you? Lucky me? <laughs> so I drove him to the hospital after that. And I waited with him in the hospital for the entire night. He didn't get out till maybe 5 a.m. And we ended at 5 a.m. They throw him out of the hospital. We're sitting on the curb having a cigarette. And he says to me, I think we should probably stop with the banging the nuts game. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And that's essentially what needs to happen for a lot of people to curb their bad behavior. It's not so much to realize you hurt somebody really badly, but it's got to be somebody you love and respect and their words carry weight when they tell you that they hurt you or that you hurt them, you know? It doesn't always have to, it, it doesn't have to even be about them being hurt. It could be about them. Say, they could know. Oh, what? Did we lose Chris? 
Uh-oh. Is he frozen on your call, too? He sure is. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh... Well... Can 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 you can you message him on the chat or I something? I can. Okay. No, I mean, yeah, I see some people in the chat say, "No, this is a perfect analogy." I mean, in this particular case, the analogy that Chris is using is that this is physical pain that you're causing people, and you tend to escalate the physical pain. But in reality, um, you know. Uh, when we choose to use the words that we do, when we choose to use the language that we do offensively, and when we decide to treat other people badly, you know, any sort of tribal behavior, right? Because tribal behavior is just a part of human nature, and it's one oh, of the things go. that we have to fight. So whether it's a ethnic group that you belong to or it's this game that you play and not the other game your your tendency is to try to hurt people not even necessarily physically and it takes somebody to stop that anyways i'm gonna let chris finish his thought over here oh yeah yeah i, I was just gonna say that that is that is just something that you know it only comes about when you feel it you know and it doesn't and it's not necessarily when you feel it directly it's when you feel it and you didn't mean to feel it and you didn't expect to feel it and you've been stung by it and if you are someone who I mean there are people who can feel that way and they double down on their feelings because they just hate feeling that way and they're too far gone and they, they can't be helped you know I wish they could be I wish more people could just be like you know what I, I don't like feeling like that and I don't like making other people feel that way because that makes me feel like shit I eventually just had to you know that on all the things that I've done, I had to decide, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the kind of person that will not get the call back from friends to hang out again. I don't want to think, because I'm already insecure as fuck. That's why I'm saying these stupid things, right? Yeah. You know, I just like, I don't think anybody likes me, so I'm trying to be edgy and provocative. I'm trying to make people, I'm trying to be memorable. I'm trying to leave an impression mm -hmm. on people. Mm -hmm. yep. And the last thing I want is for them to be like, well, this is why we don't hang out with you. You know? Because that's exactly what I'm scared of. So, my advice to people who possibly struggle with toxicity and are aware of it, is to just, not necessarily just stop because I know how hard it is, but just understand that eventually it will come to you. There will be a day when you hurt somebody that you thought was on the level with you. You thought you guys were on the same page. And then you will learn that they are not. And that rift will form between you. If you're lucky, they won't stop talking to you. Mo very lucky, because most likely, and we've heard stories where that just ends a relationship and you don't even, you know, sometimes you don't even know what you said. So it's a, it's a dangerous game to play emotionally. And be prepared, because it happens. It's, and it's going to be worse than losing your sponsor. It's going to be worse than getting kicked out of Evo and every other FGC major, you know? Because... At least when you lose those things, you have your boys, you have your homegirls, you know? You got your family. But if you do that, if you get stung by that, you could end up losing that and all of the other stuff. And you'll have nothing except your bitterness. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else to add to that. 
I don't, I, I don't know that, look, but you could, I mean, to be honest. I think that was fantastically put. Kind of, kind of to go along with it, you know, the FTC culture, you know, you're talking about how everybody has that kind of mentality. You come in here, like, oh, okay, it's kind of like this. When everybody talks about old school FTC, when you see all those people who are like, oh, FTC back in the day, we weren't sensitive and blah, blah, blah. Also, back in the day in the FTC, like the oldest person was like 20 years old, 28 years old or something like that. Yeah, you we know? didn't know shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we're actually at a point where we have people who are adults and we understand and we're mature now. And so people understand that this is not acceptable. And what the FTC was missing back then was that kind of level of maturity. And so we can't glorify, glorify what it was back then because we were all stupid and we were all idiots and now yeah you know we're and, and there, there's some weird like fallacy where we are not allowed to shit on who we were back then even though the people that we were back then could possibly be people we wouldn't even hang out with now you know <laughs> like i don't get i don't i don't i don't understand why people feel like they can't change to the point where they wouldn't recognize themselves in the past or they wouldn't want to be like those people in the past i think that's great if you are so much better now than you were 10 years ago what's wrong with recognizing that what's wrong with trying to not only recognizing that but what's wrong with trying to educate that age group currently how to not be you know that only benefits them i think they see all these old videos and they hear all these old stories from people that might be stuck in the past and they think wow that's great you know because they have that same toxicity building in them and they're a little more you know, reserved about letting it out because they've been checked before on it. Mm -hmm. And then they find out, oh, yeah, the FGC used to be super hardcore, and there's a couple OGs that still support that kind of bullshit, you know? So maybe this is the place for me. And I won't say that it's not, but I will say again, eventually the day will come where you will be forced to make a decision. Do you want to be that person, or do you want to be better? Because it's going to hurt being that person. It's going to feel way better not being that person mm -hmm. i can i can attest to it and yeah, i don't if you, never, if, if you never change i feel that it means that you're never learning so right. it, it's not it's not something to aspire to to never change i think it's more important you don't need to change for change's sake right but you need to learn and as you learn you should be changing because you are you have new info you right. have new perspectives and you need to reevaluate as a result yeah totally you know like we as 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 competitive players that's what we are we aspire to do <laughs> right. like we examine our game and we break it down and we try to remove the parts that aren't working for us you know right. they're not achieving the results that we want you know and, and that's like there's some cases where yeah this dumb like strategy paid off because i got lucky you know mm -hmm. the guy didn't call me out. he didn't read it the guy didn't read my freaking wake up in wake up inward you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know like I stupid shit like that and, and that's one of the dangerous things we have to we have to stop glorifying the the the, the old school kind of thing you know old school days and stuff because that's what a lot of people try to do you know they talk about it like oh it was so much more cool back in the day and really it wasn't you know and, no. and, I, and I talked about okay. this last week too is that you know David was talking about the change and learning that's what you have to do if you feel uncomfortable because like you said it earlier like you know you didn't feel good about things but you keep doing it but if you don't feel good about it and your discomfort 
you know, if it causes you discomfort, take the time to ask yourself why it causes you a discomfort and really take that in and use that as an mm. opportunity to grow and learn, you know. Unless, like I said, yeah. you are a piece of shit, then we kick you out of our community because we don't want you here. You know, that's hey, hey, hey man. Some people just, you know, they they think they rather gamble. They like, you know what? Maybe I, I'm so close to being like the one guy that made it all the way, <laughs> saying all the fucked up shit he wanted to say. You know, you know, I'm about to have a TV deal. They're gonna make movies about me, and I never compromise. Yeah. Truth is, you compromise yourself the moment you stepped out the door because you don't believe that shit. Mm-hmm. You can, and people can tell me that shit's an act. That means they're telling us you don't believe it. That means you're telling us you're a liar. You're fake. You know? Why the hell would we give you the time of day if everything you say is bullshit? Yep. Man, one of these days we're not going to have social distancing anymore and I'm going to give you a big high five. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that was super well put. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want to get to? I mean, it just doesn't just need to be FGC. This could be larger world if you'd like to talk about that, but that's totally up to you. I mean, I feel like everything we're talking about today is the world. Yeah. Because you know? uh... like I've been saying, it's not just FGC. Like I think the, the, the entirety of the misunderstandings with you know, black people and other cultures, white people, Asians, it's because people have been so unwilling to change. Mm-hmm. Amanda mentioned how hard is it to be decent to each other. And I think right now it's not hard, but people don't want to do it. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. especially in America, mm-hmm. because we are a country of individualists. And if it inconveniences us to do anything, we're not going to do it unless we have to. And that's the problem with us. I mean, we're, we're, it's also, you know, very military based. It's very bully kind of, you know, power based and stuff. So there's a lot of that in there too. I mean, we're, we're taught to not give an inch to anyone. We're taught to Mm -hmm. like bury our opponents for, and everybody's an opponent. No one is an ally anymore. No one actually gets the benefit of the doubt. Everyone that has something that we think we want or is an affront to our empire. We're all a bunch yes. of like miniature emperors. And if the next door neighbor got a better weed whacker than me, I'm going to burn his house down. And then mm-hmm. paint all lives matter on the motherfucker. Because he doesn't deserve it. I do. Right. Or at the very least, he shouldn't have something that I don't have. It's, it's entirely about being unwilling to change right now. Because mm-hmm. they want to. They don't like feeling this way. But they feel like if they do change, it's admitting weakness. They admit, they admit mm-hmm. that they were wrong. Yeah. They admit that they're vulnerable. And then anybody can take a piece of their ass when they want to. And that might be true, but you got to take that. You know? And that's why a lot of people don't apologize for real. That's why you see these bullshit apologies where they don't really apologize and say, I'm sorry you were hurt. I'm sorry I said these things and people were offended by them. No. The apology doesn't really matter in, that, in the end of that. Because in the end... You shouldn't even seek forgiveness. Right. It shouldn't matter if you get forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to go straight anime nerd on you guys real quick. Recent chapter of Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> and it's been a couple of chapters like this where Vegeta has stated that he owes a debt to the Namekian people for causing mass genocide in the name of getting some Dragon Balls. And in the recent chapter, the main villain, Moro, Ask him, do you think you're going to heaven for all that you're doing? You think you're going to become a good guy because you're fighting me? And Vegeta says, you know what? I know I'm a villain. I know I'm going to hell. 
It's not about that. It's about making sure that what I did to someone else, is what, I, what I did to the Namics and other people in this universe never happens again to anyone else. And if I can stop that from happening, that's all that matters to me. I don't care if anybody forgives me. I just don't want to see that shit happen to anyone else anymore because it's gross. And I know it doesn't make you feel good. I know it doesn't make me feel good. And that's why that shit's powerful. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. That was, that no was, problem, man. <laughs> Vegeta, dude. Vegeta, dude. Any, Repenting. Anything that you want to plug for yourself? Any projects coming up or anything? Uh, I mean, right now, just chilling, right? You know, just relaxing. When the whole George Floyd uh, tragedy occurred, I kind of took a step back from streaming because I felt like... Mm -hmm. Playing video games and trying to pretend like nothing was wrong was not the t it wasn't the time for that, you yes. know? I'll let somebody else play that game. Yeah. I, I still play games. I'm playing Call of Duty right now, and boy, am I being introduced to some uh, <laughs> older cultures. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's, I might, I'm, I'm thinking about restarting the, uh, the activity this week, actually. I was actually talking about it with a couple of the goons on Twitch.tv slash Game Goons. Watch the goons, by the way. Um, and... It's, it's a good time for me to get out there because I've organized my thoughts. The energy for me is up high again. I'm able to have fun again. I'm still angry as fuck, but I'm not going to let it just overtake me, you know? There are ways for me to get my anger out that's not on my stream, you know? I can go out there and protest. I can donate to charities. I can talk to you guys. I can talk to the people, you know? Anybody that got questions, come and hit me up, and I'll tell you about my experience. All right, dude. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for hanging out, man. I, I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Anytime. By the way, shout outs to finally having me on the Rival Show. You guys may not know this. <laughs> we had the competing shows for the longest time, Super Desperation Radio and Ultra Chin. And yeah. that's to give you so much shit because you wanted to do a Monday show during our time slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. No problem. Y'all take it easy. Peace. You too. All right, he's going to hop out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that you and I both basically quit streaming for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I didn't stream for a good two and a half weeks, and it was the same reason as Chris. I'm sure he felt, I don't know, I'm sure I felt differently than he did, but I was mad nevertheless. And so I, I went to protests. I'm still doing that stuff. And I just didn't, I felt like playing games was absurd. Like it, was, yeah. it would have been absurd to have spent any, any brain power on video games. Um, but now I am, like he was saying, I'm kind of coming to this middle ground of still mad, you know, still going out there and doing stuff, and also like I'm now I'm relaxing again and playing games as well. Yeah. Right. Without forgetting the issues, just also trying to relax. Right. That's the whole thing too. Is that when I do stream, I make sure to talk about it. You know what I mean? I don't want to make it seem like we're trying to forget what's going on in the world. I want to make sure that we're very aware of what's going on in the world. So that's that's kind of where my standpoint is with that. Yep, and hence having this conversation. So, cut a course in the stream guest uh, lobby now. Can you say hello? Hi. Uh, hey, James, neither of us is on screen. I know, but uh, are we doing camera or no? No camera for... Oh. Cuddle? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I just wasn't sure when I was supposed to turn it Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Because uh, I, okay, here we go. That should do it right there. Hey. So now I'll bring in Janelle oh, here. So, uh, did, I, did I pronounce that right? <laughs> right? Let me know if I pronounced that right or not. So, 
Okay. Mm. Uh, Gmail. Gmail. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. I'll get the name. Thanks a lot for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, you have a perspective that we'd really like to get out. And uh, again, like with everybody else, you know, we're talking about uh, issues related to Black Lives Matter and being black in the world and FGC. And like with the other guests, I think I'd like to just give you the chance to to talk. So, floor is yours. Okay. Um. <clears throat> I mean, uh, <laughs> I didn't expect. I mean, you know, the protests and things like that. I. I didn't expect any of it during a pandemic. Um, so the Black Lives Matter movement happening, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was phenomenal that it's happening. Things like this, they, they push change and, and I love it. Um, but of course, with anything that's supposed to um, push change, of course, there are those that are going to see it another way. They're kind of negative about it. Um, but for me, when it originally all started and the FGC was uh, catching wind of it, uh, there was a lot of people supporting it which is great but for me i felt like um i'm like well there was a lot of uh, black people in this community who were talking about these problems for for a very long time um just the treatment of black people in the gaming community and, and in the fdc and, and in regards to their concerns being heard uh with racist comments and um, things not being addressed and uh you know we're black lives in the community and a lot of people felt like our voices weren't heard when we had to do the most we had to yell scream and shout to even be noticed in regards to those things um or insensitive comments right about uh, racial problems or um even things that have happened recently um like the watermelon lies matter thing and the i can't breathe joke and, and those things are very insensitive um it, it really does you know saying all that it, it didn't make me feel safe and a lot of other people don't feel safe when things like that happen and people feel comfortable doing it mm -hmm. uh but with all that being said it's been great that there's been a lot of um charities that have been happening in the fgc as well that have been uh donating money to the the movement and the different organizations so that's beautiful i remember telling my sister about all of this and i was like i just wish that it didn't take this for people to start caring because yeah. I'm like especially in my own community where I call it home but at the same time it's like I don't really feel like some people actually care it's just trendy and mm -hmm. it makes me feel a little uncomfortable it makes me feel like it doesn't really matter unless it makes you money um but my sister said this she's like oh Janelle stop being so cynical you know there is a lot of good there and she's like you know things like this help the world move forward, the change, like the change, because she's like, there's actual genuine people who want to do the right thing. And I said, I know, but I think I'm so used to feeling guarded because of always having to defend why I speak up about the things I speak up about, and other women and, and black people as well, and, and that it's like, maybe it's just hard to kind of see it as genuine when all you've had to do is defend yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, it's hard, it's really hard because, um. I've said this before, but it's like people, a lot of people just support you because you can play the game well, but they don't really care about what happens right. to you. Um, I mean, and it's, I could go out the house today and get shot and nobody would, would care. That's, but people won't care about that. That's how easy it, that, that's what happens to black people. So even, but, but that's considered politics uh, in, ga in the gaming community for some reason. But my well being, and anybody, any black person's well-being shouldn't be considered politics. It's, it's just, it's, you know, 
it's our safety, it's our well-being, it's respect, it's human decency. Like, so I, I wish I, I wish I could be a little more um, a less cynical about it. I've gotten better with it, you know. But it's like, mm, okay, is this for the time being, or is this actually is, is this support going to be for the long run? Um, but aside from that, I've also used my own podcast uh, that I do with Alicia uh, at Slice. And uh, it's called FGC Woke, and we talk about a lot of different topics, some of them including, like, uh, some of the things that we've dealt with as women of color in the scene, because the experience is very different um, compared to men. And so, you know, we talk about that. We talk about just our experiences of getting into the scene. And so we use that platform to actually talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. She went out to go protest. We held a podcast here. I haven't been able to go protest yet. I can barely leave the house because downtown is like an hour plus change away. So it's been kind of hard, but um, but I definitely um done a lot of reading because mm-hmm. there's things I didn't know either. And um, my family and I chose to celebrate Juneteenth and yeah. and what that meant for Black people and and actually like being free. Um, it felt good. It felt good. It's an awakening for a lot of us. And it, just because we're, we're we're Black doesn't mean we automatically know everything about um what's happened to our people i think it's always good to be educated whether you're black or not especially about other people's experiences um i think sometimes what people lack is empathy and i wish people had it more <laughs> mm. uh, when i think about that empathy and the, and the fgc mm, I said this kind of uh, to a friend like a few days ago i was like i, I kind of only really feel welcomed in the tech community when it comes to anything outside of that it's kind of hard because um, uh, you don't want to be seen as an angry black woman because you're speaking about the things that genuinely happen to you and people that look like you. Uh, and that's like, it's very uncomfortable, but you ha- somebody has to do it. Uh, you have to be like, hey, like this happens to me. Like these things happen to me. Um, and you always kind of have to keep yourself guarded. It's, it's hard. It's very traumatic, actually, to, to be honest. Um, when you see like racist things in your own community and you call it home, uh, I, I saw this, um, that's called trauma. When you experience like, uh, things like that, racist things or anything like sex, anything like that, it's a trauma that people experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, people kind of bury them. But um, a lot of people have buried them uh, in this community because it's the community they love. But I do like that it's going in a more positive way with um, you know, people being put in check, but not just that, but um, pe- uh, there are people that have acknowledged, hey, I'm wrong, I've, I've done wrong, I want to do better. Um, and like I said, the charities, tons of charities for different events. I think it's beautiful. Uh, it's just, I, I'm kind of in a weird place in this community. Like, I, I kind of stick to the tech in one because mm-hmm. that's the only one I really feel the most comfortable in. And I have friends in other communities, like other friend game communities, but um, the moment I step outside of it, uh, I get a little hesitant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got to be kind of an interesting situation for you as well, because, you know, as a, as a black woman in the FGC, you've probably hit a lot of roadblocks and everything. But, you know, the FGC tends to have this kind of almost too much of a... Uh, a fascination with accomplishment and you have to be good and all this other stuff and you know obviously you've done really well in a lot of tournaments but and then all of a sudden I mean once you started placing higher in tournaments that's probably when you started feeling people 
almost kind of treating you differently, right? And then, you know, it's hard to figure out who you can trust, who's genuine at that moment, right? Yeah, that's actually um, what happened. Like, you know, because I'm considered a top player, but that wasn't without hard work, right? Mm -hmm, but I'm course. still seen as the, uh, the exception. Yeah. And, and that's really disturbing. Um, I hate to mention this because I don't want to bring it up, but I feel like this is kind of what I have to do. Mm. Uh, the Chris G comments in 2017, um, I was tagged a lot. I was tagged mm. a lot, and it was very uncomfortable because those were my first introductions to like the competitive and the social media side of the Jeez. SEC. Um, I was like 20, 21, 20, uh, something like that. I was very naive because I didn't know much about the scene, but I was, I was really excited to play. Um, a lot because I, I saw the improvement. I, you know, just based on my own hard work. Like I was really excited. I was happy. I'm like, wow, you know, hey, I seem so great. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I got tagged a lot in the comments that he said, and it really shattered everything that I thought. Um, because I saw black men in there, some black men in there agreeing, and black women agreeing. So, uh, and I was getting tagged as the exception to it. I said no. No, that's that's not fair. Uh, why 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 do black women have to get targeted? And um, right. you know, so it's kind of like one of those things where it's like I was doing well, but at the end of the day, I mean, right. You know, you still get treated like that. Right. So that's why I had to separate myself from certain parts. And yeah, like sometimes there's special treatment that I'm given, and I, I I don't. I'm like I don't want that. That's not what I want. I want mm -hmm. black women and just, you know women to be treated the same as everybody else because we want the same thing. Whether it's to enjoy the scene, we want to meet new people, make new friends, get better at the game. And I should not, or any other woman, any no other black, no woman in general should have to deal with that side of it. Mm -hmm. It was very traumatic for me and a lot of other women. And I almost left. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not just words. It's the fact that those words enable people to also mm -hmm. feel the same way comfortably and state it outwardly. That's why so many women have left the scene because it's like gatekeeping. Mm -hmm. um, it's a different experience for women and for black women. You know, black women have been saying forever they wanted something done about uh, those comments. Nobody listened. They said that they were complaining that they were bitter, but it makes the scene unsafe for us. We're called all kinds of N-words and ratchets and I mean, so it doesn't make it safe. It doesn't make it welcomed. So um, it's kind of hard because, like, how can how can you succeed in a space that isn't welcoming to you? Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's really really hard. You have to dig really deep. <laughs> That's why I said Tekken for me. I'm so glad I played I played this game. Um, because like you I know, feel like I actually did appreciate it. Um, like uh. For what I do, because I'm like I'm one of the best for a reason, like and and nothing should ever uh, cloud that, you know. Like, but in other scenes, I see the, the treatment is very very different. Um, I don't know if it's because Tekken's still like kind of smaller, maybe, uh, maybe there's more diversity in it. I don't know, but if I, it was any other scene, like I get it because women have left the scene. Um, Brenda Bra was even talking yeah. about her experiences. Mm -hmm. I, I put her, I put, I asked her to come on my podcast, like last year. Yeah. And she told me, she told me, like, Brenda Bra on cue, and I just, I don't, I don't wish that for anybody yeah. who comes into the scene. I'm not trying to make it like a, oh, Sabo was, you know, the black women. No, I'm just saying this stuff exists and it's getting 
better. It's just right. Because I mean, as, know, so, as soon as you started talking about women who left the scene, you know, you mentioned Burn Your Bra. She's one of the first names that came to my mind because you know she was someone I I I supported a lot in the FGC, and when she left. I talked to her about it and I there's just no you couldn't blame her you know for all the the, the way that 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 black women are treated in the in the fighting game community you know she used to tell me stories about all the things that competitors would say to her like after matches and things you know or during you see matches. what I'm saying yeah yeah and, you know, you know it's, I'm sorry, it's a really like passionate topic for me. Oh, you know? absolutely like, no. This hits home, man. Do, like, not, this is do like... not, do not, I mean, there's you no reason say, like... to not be passionate about this topic here. Absolutely, be be as passionate as you, as you, as you want. <laughs> it, it's just, you know, my parents told me, like, I could be whatever I wanted. You know, but they, but they did tell me that, you know, because I'm black, there are some things that I might have to do twice as yeah. hard. And, yeah. You know, for for, 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 for for parents to have to give that discussion to their kids, a, a lot of black children have experienced that. A lot of black people can work, they, they can they can count the, the 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 time in their head when their parents had that conversation. That conversation, the one where you have to uh, listen to police officers when they pull you over. That that the, what do you need to do? How you have to be like that is it's like that's really scary. But like things like that. So um yeah like uh. You know, I didn't know that when I went to the FGC it was going to be like that. Uh, and I thought about, you know, when Burger Broth was, she talked to me, right. she told me everything, you know. And me, I always try and fight back the tears because I'm like, man, I, I, I always have to be so tough in this scene. But, like, no, this is not okay. Uh, I used to hear about her all the time. And I don't even play Street Fighter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love the game. I, I, I play all the old ones. But, mm-hmm. um, you know. She's appreciated in a place that actually can respect her um, fully. Because I heard she's a successful author, and I think that's beautiful. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I yeah, no, she her. she had a couple of books that were published, and I think that's really really awesome to hear. I yeah. didn't know that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was she was talking about it, and um, I t- I told her everything I was doing, and she said she was proud of me, and that meant the world to me because um, it was an, another woman who understood because she. Yeah, I mean. You know, she, it's kind of a tough position that you're in though right I mean how how hard is it to balance you know because like you said you don't want to be an exception you don't want to be like oh look here's a girl who's good at Tekken kind of thing but at the same time you kind of serve as a role model you know you are kind of a you know other girls are going to see you and be like, I want to be like Cuddlecore. I want to be, you know, that kind of, uh, I want to be a top player in the Tekken community and stuff like that. And how hard is it to, to balance those two kind of, you know, uh, those two kind of thoughts? That's a really good question. Well, <laughs> you know, it's something that I had a lot of time to think about when I first started writing. <laughs> I always hated the term good female player. Yes. I think it's trash. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. That's not what that is. Um, I, you know, I'm being hella men, you know, getting top eights, top 16s, taking out tons of, like, the, the, the mostly men, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, no, like, I always make it very clear, like, what I do, like, I, I, I'm a great player. I was inspired to do better, obviously, but mm-hmm. the point is, it's like, I never categorize myself as that. Mm-hmm. So I always, like, enforce that every single time I talk. In, in my streams, I do it too. I educate people on that. Mm-hmm. And I've also educated people 
in the podcast I do with my girlfriend because it's like you said I don't I honestly don't think people know um so you let them know like hey this is actually kind of insulting because like I beat people who like you know are men mm-hmm. and like because 98% of the community is like men or like 90 something right mm-hmm. um so you know when women hear me speak I always push that I always say like hey don't let the community make the standard for you or how you're supposed to play you set your own standard because if the community had it honestly I think a lot of them I've seen it like they kind of downplay women's skill. Like, they, we can't be at the same right. level. And I'm like, that's a joke. Because I've seen women. I know women that are, um, you know, they're at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, of course, women are the minority, so you won't see a ton of them, but we still exist. Um, so I always kind of enforce that, like, hey, I'm a great player, not a great female player, because that doesn't exist. That actually puts me in a category. It separates me off, like, I'm only good for a woman when that's not the case. Um... But, yeah, I always make that very clear, and I hope, you know, when women hear it, they're like, yeah, you know, you inspired me for this because, you know, you do well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it's about. Like, you can be a, a great woman and a great player. It's just don't ever, like, separate yourself. If that's what you want to do, fine, but, like, know that you are just as worthy as a man to be on that stage because you earned your spot because you beat the best ticket. So. Mm-hmm. What, what has made you stay in the FGC? <laughs> the fact that I have great training partners and I have a <laughs> tight-knit... Uh, Community, um, that's what has, and because Tekken actually really appreciates the um, the way I am. Like, this, I know this might sound really small, but these are huge things to me. Whenever I do well, I'm always advertised in the best way possible. You know, mm-hmm. nothing's ever sexualized, nothing's ever cut out, nothing. The thumbnails are never like no, like it's me. It's all my blackness and all my colorness. <laughs> it's me, and, and and it's never hidden. It's never put away. Like, oh, this isn't marketable because I know that exists. Like because of, you know, the look or something. Mm-hmm. But um, Tekken, has, uh, the people have been very kind. Um, they've been very welcoming. Uh, I, I had a really good introduction to the scene when I first started okay. with the young men I befriended. And um, since then, it's just gotten better and better. And because um, and I, I practice so much, I train so hard, I, you know, success is something that's quite addicting so you want more of it and you know so I try and get that to other people too so we can uplift each other so you know I look up with all the people that have helped me too so it's like a you know it's a chain effort that you know we just help (laughs) each other and and it's it helps and it it makes because I like making a difference because if it wasn't for that I'd be like "Mm, wow am I really fulfilled but I get to like give back and I think that's really awesome (laughs) I love it that's so cool that's great I mean, uh, I, you, you talked about how the Tekken community is really supportive. I saw Harada tweet out your stream, like, I think it was yesterday or something. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah he, um, he tweets out, like, uh, streamers uh, quite often, mm-hmm. and it's a great way for him to get back to the people yeah, I thought who that support was really his cool. game. No matter how mad they get about the patches, he still loves <laughs> them, which is really cool to me. Um, but, you know, he, like... Yeah, he really supports the scene, mm-hmm. and you know, like I said, I, I also I think it was kind of like because there were a lot of like black pros I, I looked up to mm-hmm. in Tekken as well that were like great examples of success. Um, like NYC Fab was a huge like one for me mm-hmm. um, because he ended up training me in certain ways too. Nice. And you know, it, you know, the people who train me never said, "Oh, you know, you're a woman, you can." No, they literally 
we're like, hey, yeah, this is what it is. This is the old school stuff. Like, you know, and also Fighting GM as well. Um, he did too. But a lot of people just, they never thought twice about my color or my gender. And I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that. And I have, I remember those things. That's what keeps me as well because that's why I am worried because people <laughs> didn't look at me different. Yeah. I got lucky. I, said, I hate to say it like that, but I got really lucky because not every woman has an experience. But I try and be a nice, happy introduction to the scene for people who want to get better. So yeah. um, I really try and help. I train people too on the side. Yeah, I've always said, you know, like one of the hardest things is that when you're a woman in the fighting game community, a lot of times people will sit down and play you in tournaments and they'll use their secondary or they'll go easy on you kind of thing. And that's actually, you know, that that is sexist in in, in and of itself. So, you know. It, it is very much so. Um, like, don't underestimate a woman's skill, you know, because mm-hmm. she, she can know just as much as you. And, and just because you're a guy, doesn't mean you know everything either. You can get body just like anybody else. So, I mean, I'm going to just be 100 about that. Um, <laughs> like, no, it's just, it's just for real. Like, um, Most guys get bodied when they go to a tournament. I don't. This is what I say. I've said this online. Every guy gets bodied who goes. Because <laughs> it's like, because, you know, there's like maybe 50% pro players, maybe even 10%. And then the rest are like, competitive but they're not pro like that they don't place like that there's there's some but it's, it's a very small amount so i really don't think it's fair to belittle women and their fighting game skills because mm-hmm. they're they're trying to get better just like a lot of people a majority of people in the scene um but the last thing i would do is ever go easy on anyone i'm gonna beat their ass into the ground so yeah. it'll teach you to be better that's the way we do that that's the way i was taught and i would go to the lab and learn how to become better because that's how we do that don't underestimate anybody. Just beat their ass, and they all learn nothing. You beat by getting beat. You you learn how to beat people by getting beat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to talk about or or bring up? Well, I think with the community and everything going on, um, I think it is really easy to kind of talk about um, the negative, but. There's a lot of positive and a lot of good things going on. Um, I love that people are being vocal. I love that people are speaking up and supporting each other. That is huge. Um, I do want to say that something that happened recently, the Black Girl Gamer Summit, was amazing. Uh, it showcased uh, all black women like, uh, and their talent within the gaming community. We're all professionals and, and what we do. And it, it empowered so many people to show, like, hey, we exist in this, in this space. Um, and some people didn't even know certain things, but they're like, oh my gosh, she, she voice acted for this, I didn't even know, like, cool things like that, I'm like, oh yeah, she plays funny, oh, that's so cool, like, <laughs> I was so happy <laughs> to be there, I felt so at home, and, and when you see people that look like you, mm. um, you don't feel so alone, and there's no one that really looks like me, on the pro circuit stuff, and there's nobody, really, like, they're all men, and, and they're, and I mean, they're, if they're black, then I mean, cool, but like, you know, still not women, and it's still mm-hmm. kind of different. So to be around that kind of power and like radiance <laughs> was amazing. I think more of that needs to happen. More summits, yeah. more things that show, hey, these people are in the scene that exist. Um, especially in these times, since we can't go to stuff offline, uh, I think it'll teach people about uh, different groups of people, the talents, and give them more respect, um, maybe more of a sensitivity mm-hmm. to um, different ethnicities and, 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 and uh, different uh, people of color in the field, in different fields of gaming as well. Uh, it was just amazing. Uh, definitely recommend people check it out. It was a really good summit. Um, 
And you can where learn a thing or two. Hmm? Where can people check that out? Oh, it's uh, the Black Girl Gamers uh, Twitch page. Okay, it's, cool. It, it's, yeah, you can't miss it. It's got like a black woman on the front with a controller in the game. <laughs> but it looks awesome, and I think people can check it out. It's very empowering. Uh, it's not just for black women, it's for black people who maybe are a little afraid and maybe like the, the you know, to get into the scene because they don't know where they fit because of some of the problems that have happened uh, in regards to people of color and, and in this workspace in, in gaming. Just worth a, a look see. Cool. Is there anything else you want to plug? Oh yeah. Um you know, <laughs> a podcast called FGC Woke, me and Alicia X Life. Um <laughs> it happens once every month. We talk about everything from positives, negatives to the scene. And we Chan- talk about Ch- current events. Channel? Hmm? Which which channel is it on? Twitch channel. Oh, I'm sorry, Twitch. Uh, dot TV slash cuddle underscore core. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes, that. <laughs> it happens once every month. We have a Twitter page that like lets you know when and all that. But um, yeah, it feels good to have discussions like that without getting attacked to death about them because you, it's just politics. Just come to our come to our page. We talk about all of it, so you don't have to yeah. worry about that. Because like, it's good to talk about. It's healthy. It's healthy. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's all. Thank you for having me. Cool. Uh, <laughs> You're, you have a twin sister, right? I mean, not a little bit. I just call her my twin sister. Oh, okay, for sure. Uh, your impression of her suddenly going super high voice, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are you? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I couldn't help it. It's just so funny. It's just, I love that kid. I, lo- I just, it's so funny. Um, All right. Uh, also, I'm following the Scar saga very closely. Hmm. <laughs> what? Well, really, right. David? Really? <laughs> really, David? Come on! I was gonna, I was gonna go the whole way without mentioning I that. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I had no idea of me turning my shot was gonna make. I didn't. I had no. He's a great man. <laughs> he is. He's a he's a wonderful guy. He's a wonderful, absolutely amazing guy. So, I mean, I really right. thank him okay. for that one time that he lent me his Lamborghini. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw all of you all trying to gas him up in the. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming on. And, and, and again, uh, yeah, appreciate everything that you had to say. So well, thank you for having me. Have a good one. Bye, all guys. Right. Bye. Oh. Oh, oh. We're all right. She's out of here. Uh, <laughs> this is not Cuddlecore. The yes, uh-huh. is currently incorrect. Okay. <laughs> I will, I will be fixing this really quickly. Hello. Okay. Hang on a second. All right. What's going on, David? Uh, not much, man. How are you? Doing all right. Thanks a lot for joining us as well. You're welcome. James is getting you up on the stream. Yeah, I'm trying to get your Twitter right. over here and everything like that, but hang on a second. I'll get you onto the screen first. There we go. You're currently Cuddlecore, but I'll get that fixed in a second. So <laughs> you're fine. I had to turn off. Um, I had to turn off the Twitch station because there was an echo. There's a delay as well. Oh so. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You have to shut it off. All right. <gasps> Okay, I mean, same. All right, so uh, do you want do you want to start off in much? The, well, maybe first off, uh, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Uh, sure. Um, my name is David. Um, I guess the FTC has known me as um, Calm Warrior for a while. I am. I started out as a TO slash. We're all players, right? Everybody's played. Yeah. And, but I think uh, everybody knows me as a TO, and mostly uh, probably final round. I worked at Final Round for about uh, nine years, and the last couple of years I was 
like the head PO or head of staff, and um, and then I'm also now I moved to California and I do tournaments here in the my own company brand, which is uh, Bracket Visionaries, and I started that company with somebody that I met at Final Round. So you know, what I mean, I've been around, I've been around for a while. I've known you guys for I don't know, maybe over a decade or so. I've seen you guys at <laughs> tournaments and things of that nature. So um, you know, it's. No, no, I've been around. I guess um, there's not much to say. I, I don't. I, I work, in the shadows. I like to make sure things are done well, and I, I serve. I that that that's my nature. That's in my spirit, yeah. and that's what I like to do. So I guess recently, since I kind of made some videos, and people have had to hear my side of the story and a couple of things, or how I view things, it's um, it's it's been a little bit different. But that's who I am, David. All right, cool. And like with everybody else, I mean, you, you know, we're talking about being black in the FGC or a larger world, and just like to sort of open up the floor and let you say whatever you'd like to say. All right, cool. Um, first off, um, I'll start off with, I guess, the FGC stuff. Um, and I'd like to say, like, you know what I mean? I listened to everybody else that you interviewed, and I, I hope that, and I, I'm glad that you got those people. Uh, trans person, somebody from California, me, an East Coast dude, and um, Kodakor, right? Um, we're not all the same. We're different. And mm. if you're a part of the African diaspora, do you know what that word means, David? Uh, right. Yeah, as a member of the Jewish diaspora, yes. Right, okay. Okay, so... It, it, it is, um, it's different. We all suffered some type of racial discrimination somewhere along the line, and we all suffered it differently. Some countries may not have gone through it, and, you know, I mean, a lot of us did, right? So we're all different in that way, and it's a matter of people listening and trying to understand. Um, I am a West Indian uh, male. I was born in Jamaica, and I moved to America. So I had to learn about the atrocities that happened to you know my cousins here and it was you know what i mean it's it's eye-opening it's shocking it's disgusting so um but you know what i mean like um hell pocket says you know what i mean he's a he's a black male in the fgc i'm a black male in the fgc i don't know what it's like to be color court i'm not a woman in the fgc but just to piggyback off her because she just got off i hit up color core years ago and I asked her, hey, what is it like to be a woman in the FGC? And I think we either text for like over an hour, and she told me her side. And because of that, and listening to other stuff and paying attention to Twitter, um, my current business partner is a woman because I can't mansplain everything. And there's certain things that I was taught and learned just by her experience. Right? Um, I have a different point of view because I'm a man. I don't look at things differently. And I'm also, I'm a lot more, a lot older. And because I'm older, there's, there's more things that I've seen and known than a lot of these people. And a lot of things that I've educated myself and delved into. And you know what I mean? So, Kodakor was one of the main reasons why I now have women on my staff. So like, I, I, I get it, there are dudes in the FGC that are toxic, but there are also men in here that are not. And I'm not discrediting her stories. I'm just saying that 
we listen. Um, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. Um, but um, let's see. All right, I'll talk about a few things, and I think that hopefully my point is clear. I'm not coming at anyone specifically. I'm not going after anyone, but I want to speak to certain implicit biases and also um, negative connotations that think people have, right? Um, everybody's, like, people are in my mentions now talking about Chris G, um, wanting me to say stuff about Filipino champ and all this other stuff, right? And I'm, I'm big picture and microcosm at, all, at the same time, but, like, look at Capcom, right? Capcom makes a decision to ban Ryan indefinitely. How are you mad for us? Who's around that table making that decision? I'm willing to put my head on the chopping block that 50% of the people that are around that table weren't black or black Americans. I don't, I don't, don't make decisions for us. Don't be angry for us. You want to make a real change? Put black people in positions of power in your company. Like I mentioned before, when Mike Ross spoke about racism, Nobody zoomed in on that. No one brought a camera to say, hey, Mike Ross, a respected member, an educated man, a hard worker, an entrepreneur, he's been to the White House, he calls out racism, and no one magnifies that. We've been telling y'all, you just don't listen. And I'm not apologetic about that, right? Because the OGs know. We know. We talk amongst ourselves. You're just now listening for the first time. And... I'm grateful that you're listening. I'm grateful that everybody is now woke. But let's be real. Capcom made a cartoon where Balrog's eyes were crossed and he had braids in his hair. Miss me with the bullshit. Akuma's dark. Akuma's dark because he's evil. They've done videos and studies on this where they show that all these people are dark because they're evil. That's colorism. That's bullshit. Capcom, get off your high horse. Fuck off. Real shit. You understand what I'm saying? Don't come to me with your fake woke bullshit. Put people in positions of power and then call me. Because guess what? David, James, you both know this. You know many of black people that have worked in the FGC for many years. Has any of them been tapped or reached out to? And they're well-educated. Ski Sonic. You've worked with Ski Sonic personally. He's an educated man. Did anybody ever tap, tap him to work or be an uh, advisor? Come on, man. Miss me with the bullshit. I, the only reason I'm cursing is because I saw the other people curse. I had no intention. Of no, it's fine. It, anything um, is, everything is go, dude. Everything is go. All right. So, okay. Let's talk about how much more the FTC diminishes us as a people. Ian Walker, Kotaku, WSO Logan. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Do you know, you guys know who Logan is. You've worked with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that Logan's a grime DJ? Mm-hmm. You know what grime is? Yeah. Do you know one of the reasons why grime use, uh, they use patois, or basically my native tongue's language? Here, let me educate you. It's a learning moment. Please, everyone, pay attention. In the early 1950s, England needed people to rebuild after the World War II. They sent out to their colonies. A lot of Jamaicans and island people went over there, right? So... <clears throat> Because of that influence, you know that song, Black Black Roses from Barrington Levy? Mm. That was recorded in England. 
There's a lot of reggae and a lot of reggae influences in England. I am still the daddy. Logan, well, I mean, Logan said something on Twitter the first time, and I got out of my. I was like, yo, boy, why are you talking like this? I don't understand why you're doing this. And you know RMZ UK? Mm-hmm. RMZ UK hit me up and goes, nah, man, he knows the thing. And for me, RMZ UK and me, we had a, a thing. Black people, we know this thing. When he says he knows the thing, what he's referring to is he knows how to speak like we do. I don't speak to Logan in English. I speak to Logan in Patois. Hmm. Whenever I see Logan, I if I me and Logan speak, David, you will not understand. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I am still the daddy. I speak to him in Patois. So, Logan makes a comment a couple years back after the incident, the shooting, in uh, right the pulse, in Orlando. The pulse. And Ian goes after him and says it was insensitive. He says something like, "Oh, the man, the man went into the place like he was Dirty Harry." As black people, we embellish. We speak about stuff and we have stories. And we talk about things on a different level in order to transfer knowledge and data between each other. Dave Chappelle speaks to it. It's called a griot. Like people remember things. That's how we speak to each other. I'll give you an example. If I were talking to one of my friends, I would say, yo, dog, did you hear about what happened in Orlando? And then my would say, yeah, man, me here. And I was like, yo, my ear said, the man going to the place and shoot up the place like he might terminate yo. Do you feel that I wasn't empathetic right there? Do you feel that I was being rude? No, it wasn't. But Logan, because he's around Jamaicans and people of Jamaican descent, says it. But he speaks to an international crowd. Ian goes after him. And I see it and I go, what the fuck is Ian talking about? He wasn't being rude. He was speaking something that I understood that Jamaicans understand, that island people from all over the diaspora understood. But his white American sensibilities did not. When you do that and tell me that white is right, you diminish my humanity. Hmm. And I have a problem with that. And I have a problem with Kotaku and Ian. That's a problem. Logan, now being a white man, can't say, yo, I talk the team. Logan has to apologize because he understands he has an international fan base. And he has to be sensitive to the fact that maybe he did hurt someone. I completely understand. If it was me, I would have tore Ian a new asshole. Because he was wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hmm. That's not cool. You're diminishing my humanity because you don't understand how I speak. I now have to speak like how you speak? You want to rip from me again like they did in slavery my identity? Are you kidding me right now, bro? All right. Hmm. Black people, men and women alike, have left the FGC because of it. Tekken, Michael Murray. I'm going to do a longer video on this stuff. Some of this stuff I'm going to do a longer video on so you can fully understand. On my own channel, of course. Um, Adonis reaches out to Mike and says, hey, man. The name Leroy is offensive. I'm a Jamaican male. There's a lot of popular Leroy's in our culture. I'm also, because we're colonial, we have a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, You know, colonial names. I think I mentioned that in one of my videos. And, but Leroy, Booker, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, Blackface, they all fall under the same umbrella. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And 
he reaches out to Michael Moore, or Michael, yeah, Michael Murray, and Michael Murray blocks him. Shut up and play my game. Shut up and dribble. Your words don't matter. That's what my perception of what Michael did was. That's not okay. Even if you couldn't do anything, he could have said, all right, man, let me hear you out. Hey, you know what? Maybe we should do it like how we did Balrog and, um, and Bison. Maybe in America we'll change his name here. Or there, there could have been any amount of dialogue that could have occurred other than block him. He didn't listen. We tell you these things, you guys don't listen. And I've said this before. Life and the FTC mirror each other. Black people speak to you guys, and you don't listen. Right? So, um, people have gotten shirts with these stuff on it. People have put tattoos with their body of Tekken characters, Street Fighter characters. People have learned martial arts because of Tekken. Tekken has done a lot of good. Isn't it possible that maybe you might have offended someone? And can't you just listen to them for a second? Recognize their humanity? No. Shut up and play my game. That's not cool. I have no respect for Michael anymore. And I've seen him at Final Round I've interacted with him. I have zero respect for that man. We talk about this as black people within the community that you guys are not aware of. It's not cool. Um... Do we need a truth and reconciliation board? Absolutely. An indefinite ban? Capcom, how dare you? How are you mad for us? What Ryan did was insensitive and it was untimely. And it hurt a lot of people. No argument. I'm a grown man, I can understand that. An indefinite ban? While you got dark skin Akuma and cross-eyed Balrog? Miss me, man. Trust me. Yo. So, I mean, this is why people leave. This is also why we don't talk up. Because whenever we bring things to your attention, all right, so do you know who Jane Elliott is, David? James? She's a woman that does the brown eyed, blue eyed experiment on our kids, um, on her students. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After Martin Luther King was. Yes, yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. And she. She brings up stuff and she teaches them by, you know, putting them in, in these little things and making them uncomfortable because of the color of their eye. Right. There's also research done about um, little black girls. And little black girls would always want their white dolls because white dolls were pretty. White girls' hairs were longer. Black dolls are ugly. Hey, Leroy may be offensive to some people that know their history. Leroy Booker. Leroy rhymes with boy. Don't call black people boy. Listen to us when we speak to you. Maybe there's a problem. So, um, you know what I mean? We have been huge, a huge part of the community. But we don't have the community manager positions. We don't have the higher-up positions. We don't have real change. We don't have the people in positions where if you were to put the face of the FGC in front of a camera are the LGBTQ women and black people properly represented? I think not. This is my problem. 
I get everybody else has a problem, but yo, miss me with the cosmetic bullshit. Cyril Blast said, nigga, okay, and? Can I get a job? Can I feed my family? Can I have insurance? David, you and I have spoken. You, me, and James have spoken before. It's CEO and all over the place. Have I ever used nigga in a conversation with you? I don't think so. <laughs> right. Because I don't know that I don't speak to you like that because almost every black person I know knows how to code switch. We talk to our people differently than we talk to other people. That's how it is. I would never want you to feel uncomfortable talking to you because my, I'm not going to diminish my intellect to, to, to talk to a friend and make them feel uncomfortable at the same time. Why would I? My mother taught me from when I was little. When in Rome, do as the Romans. So I had to learn to speak English without a Jamaican accent when I came here. Yeah. So it is, it is, it is mind-boggling, the hypocrisy. If you want real change, make real change. Mm -hmm. Real talk. I was going to make this the first thing I said. David, I've known you for years. You've known me for years. You know I work hard. Why is this the first time I'm on your platform? That's a rhetorical question. I don't want you to answer. <laughs> You get what I mean, I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's it's a it's a good point. Yeah. So, it, it it is it's so ridiculous the stuff that you guys talk about to me, but you're not really making change. Mm -hmm. You're not putting us in positions where we're in the forefront. We always always have to make our own lane. We always like Cuttlecore mentioned. I read this book um, by Tenehisi Coates, and he says. And he mentions what she says about black parents telling us. I don't know Cuttercore's parents. My parents told me the same shit. Mm -hmm. But in essence, what they're telling you, what how Tenehisi Coates breaks it down, he says, you're also telling your kids that they're half as good. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a psychological attack. Yeah. So... I can come back to that. I'll probably close with the FGC, but I'll talk about more um, real-life stuff. Black people have been telling you for years that there's an issue in our movies, in our news reports, in our comedy. Look at Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, to me, will go down in the annals of time. I don't know if you guys are a fan of Dave Chappelle, but Dave Chappelle made a joke several years ago before... Botham Jean died and said that if a black man was in his house and the police came in, they would shoot him and say, why did this Negro put up all the pictures of his family all over the place? Sprinkle some crack on him and let's get out of here. This woman kills Botham Jean in his doorstep. David, you and I are both educated men. You know how hard it is to get the CPA or much less work for the big four. The big four is a big accounting firm. The man volunteered at his church or whatever. They find a little bit of weed in his house and they're like, yep, he must have been a criminal. Christian man, volunteer, works for the big four. Shot him in his doorstep. In his doorstep. You, do, you know, do you understand the cognitive dissonance where you go to someone else's door and you're so sure it's your door that when you see that black man evidently who is breaking into somebody's house and answering the door at the same time? Hey, dog, we're about to steal this TV. Somebody's knocking. Hold on. Let me go knock and see who that is. Does that make sense to you? That is the most 
asinine thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And like Cuddlecore says, yo, man, when you guys get off this Black Lives Matter stuff, David, if you get pulled over by police, or if I get pulled over by police, you're not worried about not making it home. I am. And we both have the same name. Let's talk about hair for a second. People was talking shit about my hair. People look at your hair, they're like, oh, man, blah, 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 your hair is awesome. David, Google this, and, and I'll prove it to you if you haven't already seen it. This law was passed in 2019 where black people could not be barred from employment in California. And California was the first state to do it. David, I grew up in Jamaica. I've always seen people here like this. I to come here and know that my brothers and sisters or cousins are being subjugated by naturally growing their hair out is maddening, bro. I grew up with Rastafarians around me. You understand what I'm saying? I've always seen black people with the natural state of their hair out, grown. We tell you in our movies, we tell you in our music, we tell you in our comedy, but you don't listen. Mark Lamont Hill, Don Lemon, they go on TV, they use the N-word, they explain it to y'all. Y'all don't listen. Tanahisi Coates speaks on the N-word and he says, it's normal for groups to use derogatory terms in an ironic fashion. Women call themselves the B-word. Rednecks or certain white people may say, this is my white trash thing. And he says, as, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, why is it so much hand-wringing when a black person does it? Mm -hmm. Why is the N-word so controversial? Why can't I use it with someone else? What's the problem? Why is it such a big deal for you? And of course, I'm not talking to you, James, and David, but in general. Why is it such a big deal for you? Am I not a human? Am I not someone that can use these terms? Everyone else can. Why is it so divisive? Why is it so divisive for you? What, what's the deal? Maybe you need to think about that. So, David, if we're talking real shit, black people aren't treated professional well in the medical field. We don't get the right medical care. Mm -hmm. Black women go to doctors and they're hooping and hollering and they're curved, blah, blah, and doctors don't even see them and they're actually really hurt. They won't even listen to them. I've seen stories on this. John Oliver speaks about this. Mm -hmm. Business loans, job opportunities, our schools, personal loans, mortgages. Bank of America has been on the news because of stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Our loans are priced higher. We're paid less, our loans are higher. We're fighting twice as hard. And Flint's still about water, clean water as far as I know. The crack epidemic is policed. The opioid epidemic is a medical issue. Guess who was using crack? Guess who was using opioids? So, you know what I mean? I, I, I hear everybody and I'm, I'm like, if you want to affect real change, affect real change. I'm, I'm different, man. My, my back is a bit broader. I've been beaten more. But I, one of the things I will say about the FGC as it is now, 
and David James. I know you know this, David. I don't know how much younger that. I think I'm older than you, David. But um, <laughs> James, I know we're in the same range, or you're a little bit older. Bro, our first phone was the Nokia's, <laughs> and oh, the yeah. flip phone. Um, you remember, you remember the Sony Ericsson's and the little oh, green yeah. screens? Uh huh. I mean, I was in college before I had a cell phone. Yeah. Shut up, baby. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but I get it. But like the 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 FGC that is here now, man, they they had their first phone was an iPhone, bro. Yeah. Their first phone was more powerful and able to get on the internet faster than our computers. Because of which they're more socially aware mm -hmm. and more socially sensitive. So I, I'm, I'm for it. I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. But you're not going to spit in my face while you stand on my shoulders. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and that's that's one of the things that I, I think where we need to probably have a little bit more dialogue and meet in the middle on, on certain things. Yeah, uh, the FGC was such a terrible place, but it was fun. It's not as fun as it was before. Yeah, we can clean some stuff up, but it sure as hell not as authentic as it used to be. And for your, those people that, I get it, right? Those people are talking about the, the, the defensive stuff. Yo, I never got down like that. I don't call women out of their names. I've been out in the, I've been the clubbing, I've been clubbing with Ricky. When she was in heels in Atlanta. Do you understand what I'm saying? I miss me with the foolishness. I don't move like that. So, yes, there are bad people here. But, like I said, bad, it, bad people are everywhere. We just need to police it better. And, I, I, man, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's mind-boggling. At the same time, it's like, it's crazy, right? I don't want anyone to leave the FGC because of who they are and things that they can't change. And sometimes some of the people need to leave the FGC because of some of the atrocities they did. Mm -hmm. But that's not a race issue. It's a person issue, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, um, yeah, man, it's, it's messed up. It's messed up how it is. The FGC for the lack of a better term, is racist. And it has a lot of issues that need to be dealt with, not just the the smaller ones, but the bigger ones as well. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to what you're saying, you know, about having people in the positions of power. I, people have asked me how to make the FTC more friendly for women. And I've always said, let the women decide, you know, put them in the power. And it's kind of the same thing you know, for the black community as well, you know, get them into positions of power as well. Let them, you know, make the changes, affect the changes that need to happen, you know? Right. Right. Agreed. You know what I mean? Um, it's like, I know people that are on Capcom staff or help write, you know, training guides that were not supposed to be there. And now, you know what I mean? Like, let's be real. Let's be real. And it's just like, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not an okay thing. But, you know what I mean? There's elitism in our, in our community. And there always has been. And like, um, I, I speak to you about commentators. I don't hate on people. I think people are great. But, I mean, 
I've known about Chris Matrix and all these other dudes on the East Coast a lot longer than I've known about Sajam. And I I used to play games with Vicious. Vicious used to be in tournaments with me. How is Vicious being tagged before some of these people that we went to tournaments seeing them commentate on? David, I know for a fact that me and you have been in tournaments and seen Chris commentate on Marvel live. Mm-hmm. Talk about Chris not, not doing commentary now. No, Chris Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, you've been no, on, I'm not saying not doing a lot of commentary now. What I'm saying is that he didn't get on until later. Right. Uh-huh. This is we see this stuff, man. The, it, like Color Course says, it's disheartening. Mm-hmm. I can't commentate. I don't have that skill set. I don't have that, bro. Y'all are amazing to me, man. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. Like, shut up, David. <laughs> but for real, I don't have that that type of that verbal acuity to to do that or that acumen to do that so quickly. Did you hear what you just said? I don't know. I if know, I right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're being able to speak and having delivery is one thing. Being able to do it on the fly is another. Dude, you're talking to a person who says you know and uh huh uh huh like seven thousand <laughs> times and say is it gonna kill like seven bazillion times, dude? Trust me, it's like. <laughs> no, I listen. I salute you guys. You know what I mean? You do something that I can't, and I res- I respect that because the FGC is like a um, it's an open market, right? And it's a it's an it's also an emerging market. So there's so many different avenues and ways that we can go, but it's just like, are we putting the right people in the right places, and are we are we making sure are we are we making a concerted effort to make sure that it happens? I mean, what what can you say though? I mean, about like, how do you feel about the fact that you know, final round, you know, all of Big E's tournaments, Evo. You know, they were all created and, you know, by black members of the fighting game community. So, you know, you know, does... does That's you, amazing. Do you feel but like... It, the thing, right? If anybody were to ask me who's the face of evil, people would say Mr. Wade. Right, okay. I don't know if that's... A, I don't know if that was a strategic move or they're just shy people. I've never talked to the cannons. My OG knows the cannons. You know what I mean? Lee Lamb, Kaya Hicks... All those people that taught me the game know them by first name. You understand what I'm saying? No set. So I can't speak to their personality types. And yeah, I agree. But like I said, okay, Final Round used to be the place where the character releases happened and all the Tekken stuff happened. Now it's Combo Breaker. Okay? Larry, like I said in my video, yeah, he's not an awesome businessman. Were there things set in place to train him to be better? To help him to be more astute about the changes that were going into FGC. Nah, figure it out on your own. Now, I'm not saying that we need a handout. I'm not saying that. I'm not begging or asking for handouts. But there were people behind the scenes and things were moving where, hey, educate this man. He doesn't know how to do this. Larry works in construction. Of course he's not a businessman. I'm an accountant. I understand the importance of marketing. If people don't sell stuff, I don't have a job. I can't balance your books unless there's money coming in. But does he understand that? No, he he builds stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a civil he's a civil engineer working type of person, right? But he's also been a staple in this community. When the market shifted and it changed, 
like this board that um I'm, I forgot which one of the, the I think it was um Amanda is that her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the uh, beginning, that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, like, is is there is there some type of educational board? Are we getting together? Are like in Atlanta, right? Um, Killer Mike, and all those people talk about mm-hmm. governors that get put into place, and they make sure that black people get contracts to help build airports and roadways. If if we're gonna mirror outside and and good stuff and inclusive stuff, let's do it all the way. I'm not about the cosmetic stuff, man. I'm not, and I never will be. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, I agree that the, a lot of the, the 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 TOs that have been here have been here. But let's look at the hypocrisy of, like, I think the mindset of the, the, the community as a whole. Who do they follow? They follow the influencers. They follow players. TOs don't have a large Twitter following right. or Facebook following. Mm-hmm. They're not appreciated. All the hard work and all the invent the capital investment that they make in order to create platforms for you to become great on. We don't, we don't get that type of respect. They follow the players that come out with a new tech and talk crazy on the internet. If that's the case, why aren't so many more people following Big E? Why aren't so many more people following Final Round? Maybe some people need to start thinking about this stuff, man. Like, take a sec, step back, and really analyze. Process the data that you get, and then you, you'll be okay. So you know what I mean. Um, that's my thoughts on it. I think that I think there's more. There's more that could be done, but there's favoritism and there's other stuff. I don't like. I said I don't want to talk about. Oh, I don't want to do name calling, but. <laughs> Why would you go to Daytona? Daytona is a known racist city. We grew up in Florida. We know that. Freaknik used to be there. Bike Weekend used to be there. We know. People have told stories. Why would you put your customers in a place where they could possibly not be safe? Come on, man. Yeah, I I don't speak up often because people really don't want to hear. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you speaking, dude. Yeah, that's why we that's why we have this episode. That's why we have you on, right? Because we want people to say these things. We want to get these messages out that people don't have an avenue to say these things. You know, to to, to educate. I honestly do. As I told you in the message, I trust you. That's the why I came here. Okay. Oh, I appreciate that as well. Yeah. All right, man. I think I'm emotionally All right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but by the way, I I read Between the World and Me uh, a while ago uh, by by yeah. Tana Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a very different perspective than I ever had growing up, for sure. So, uh, really valuable to me uh, to understand or you know to get a glimpse of what it's like for somebody else. Yeah. Um, I mean, heroin, honestly, in many ways. Like, uh, yeah. <sighs> I mean. It's not something that I've ever had to deal with, and and hearing, you know, not just there, but having talked with my friends over many years, like that's, I, I'm sorry that it's that way, but I, yeah. I hope that in the FGC, it's you know maybe we can. Hey David, uh, but well, like in the FGC, like just so you guys are aware, there are people from New York, there are people from Detroit, there are people from cities, LA, that their parents or aunts or uncles or family members were directly affected by this. 
You're seeing the yeah. people that you see, they know someone. You can ask them. I went to Detroit. I went to Detroit. And I went there and I walked past a park and there were crack needles on the floor, David. You don't understand. But yet still you got corn that comes out of Detroit. And the first thing that they, they do is that they're selling merchandise. And they're entrepreneurs, and people may want to talk negative about them, but like I said about the word and the N-word, it's sacred for us. These men were entrepreneurs, but what did you what did they get accused of? Stealing. You we vilified them. Mm -hmm. We vilified them. They, these men are ex-military, hardworking parents, entrepreneurs. They built FGC um, avenues in their community. Who are you talking about? Where where are these where are these thugs and thieves that you're talking about? I don't know them. I know a coalition of real men. I don't know what you're talking about when you talk about core negatively. I don't. I don't side with anyone that does. Yeah, everybody has one in. Some things are negative. But what are you talking about? You, you know what? Like I said, <laughs> forgive me. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. It's okay. Um... Yeah, former military, looks at Michael Murray, someone who has put his life on the line to protect his freedoms, and he tells him, shut up and play. I'm not listening to you. Mm -hmm. David, that's fucked up. I don't care what anybody says. Michael Murray has lost my respect. What he did was wrong. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to do this on your platform. <laughs> no, your no, space. absolutely. And, absolutely. Um, I, I, I've said a bit of my piece, and I hope that people are listening. Capcom, I hope you're listening. Who made that decision? How are you mad for us? Come on, man. Yeah. Um. That's all I have to say. I'll shut up now. Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> no, thank you for having me, David James. Salute, gentlemen. No, I mean, is there? Do you Good have night. any sort of FTC projects coming up or anything like that, or anything you want to plug as well? Um, yeah, I have. You know, my company. We do online tournaments um, every Monday, and like, like what Help Pocket said when George Floyd came on. Man, that shit hit me hard, man. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to do the tournaments, and if it's my staff, like Nate. And Oscar, that give me the wind under my wings to keep on doing this stuff. And because, like, I'm telling you, as a black person in the FGC, and I know all this stuff, and I know the history of stuff, I want to back out. I don't want to participate anymore. I don't want to play your games anymore. It's not okay. I want to play games with my friends, and I mean, and that's it. Yeah. So that's what we're all here for, right? Just to yeah, just to man. Play some games. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, I, wanna... I mean, that's the thing, right? A lot of people who you know are upset with a lot of the political conversation, with a lot of the talk, and they're like, "Can't we just go back to playing games?" That's the reason why we are having these political talks, is because there's so many people out there who can't go back and play games and not think about this. You know what I mean? 
they have to think about this every day of their lives. So when you say, can we stop talking about it and go play our games? That's why we're talking about it. So everybody can go back and just play some games because that's what we're here to do. All right. I know I was leaving, but I'll share this one last thing with you. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. (laughs) So when I greet Porkchop, when I greet Video and all my other homies and stuff like that, when we're loud, we get loud and we slap each other's hand and we hug each other's. You know what we say in each other's ear? Yo, how's your family? How are your mm-hmm. kids? Everybody's good? Yeah, son. And that's when we're loud. And the moment that we verify everything is straight, but now let me go beat your ass, bro. And then we break off and we're loud again because we know that seeing you again was a, uh, a blessing. <laughs> Dave Chappelle said, you're a goddamn hero if you survive this shit. It's real. It's an accomplishment. To see it's an accomplishment. Other. To see each other again, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why we're loud. That's why we play spades. That's why we act the way we do. It's family. It's connectivity. It's a conversation. It's breaking bread. All right, let me go. Because if I don't hang them now, I'll never. I'll you guys later. Thank you very much. No, thank you. I love you all, man. Thank you, dude. All right. Good night. All right. All right. Yeah, I really appreciate those perspectives. Uh, I think it's so so important to hear directly from people about how they're feeling. Um, You know, I think that's part of the point that David was making, right? Is that it's too, too often that other people are sort of making decisions for black people and black people aren't in the room right to to help make Mm -hmm, those decisions mm -hmm. um so i i'm if thanks a lot to everybody for agreeing to come on and and give your perspectives something that we need to see other people need to hear about and again Uh, and i i you know i know it's i know it's tough to to sort of be put on the spot in a sense and and kind of be looked at to like represent a group of very disparate people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but, you know, it's something that we, it's a conversation we need to have, and I, right. I'm glad and thankful and, and, for the people who came on and had it. And also, it's not done yet, right? We're going to try to keep no. bringing on more people and everything, because, again, you know, it's like they said, right now, it's the, it's the topic du jour, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's, you know, everybody's talking about it now, but are we going to keep talking about it a week from now, a month from now? We've had seven right. people lynched. And all of them deemed suicides, you know, or whereas the police can track a protester from photos with, you know, cell phone ID. But we have seven people lynched and nobody's talking about this stuff. You know, it's not going to stop and the conversations have to keep going. And it just uh, this 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 can't be this can't be a this is not a trend. This is not something to be trendy. This is not something to be, you know. Uh, fashionable, in other words. So, for sure, yeah. Uh, we've reached out to some other friends. Hopefully, they'll be here next week as well. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was the entire show, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> turned out to be about two hours. Uh, I'm yeah. really glad that we did it. Uh, do you still want to do the rest of the show? Uh, what do you think? 
I don't know. I mean, how do people feel? Do 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 they want us to keep going talk about some of the other stuff that's been going on in the community or, you know, again, it's it's we're not trying to make it seem like nothing else is happening and like everything is normal when we talk about this kind of stuff, but you know, uh uh people are asking us to keep going, so, so. Well, you know, let's let's take a break. I got to go pee. Okay, no um, problem, no problem. And then, uh, by the way, I, I can't believe I lasted for two hours. I drank a whole bunch of coffee right before this. That's like a... That's anyway, a, good that's job, That's a me. record for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, some some of the fighting game stuff that's been going on, so... All righty. All right. No, I mean, we... Soul and Arrow, it's all good. We usually do uh, the show up until 8.30 anyway, so we can just kind of, uh, you know, um, go through stuff. Noah, my sleep schedule and my insomnia have been super bad, restless leg problems, but I actually fell asleep at a decent time last night and woke up at a decent time today, so we'll see how it's going to go. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, one of the most telling comments that I had always heard, you know, how bad the U.S. kind of projects, you know, uh, the plight of blacks in our country, you know, was when they released Black Panther to different countries. You know, Black Panther was one of the first exposures to heroic black people in a lot of other countries. I remember they interviewed a bunch of Korean people who saw the movie when it was, uh, you know, brought to Korea and they all said, wow, we didn't know black people could be heroic, you know, and when I saw that statement from some of the Korean people that they were interviewing, it was, it was eye-opening and it was really shocking to me to to, to to read something like that, to hear something like that. Because, you know, we do, in America, we do get the movies made by the black people who talk about the black people's plight and, and everything, but the foreigners don't get that. They don't get those kind of movies. They don't get to see that side of the story. And so it was a really, really eye-opening uh, it was really eye-opening for me to hear something like that. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too, right? Because, like, I'm Asian, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we're not racist. Like, Asian people are hella racist. I mean, they're, 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 they might be some of the worst offenders, you know, that could be out there. And that's why, you know, there's been a strong Asian movement as well. Um, there is a strong movement amongst Asians to support the Black Lives Matter because, and, and to educate our parents. There was actually posts on how to say things, how to explain Black Lives Matter in our native languages to our parents. To, to educate the older generation of Asians because they've been kind of indoctrinated into the whole entire thing as well. Asians and blacks have been pitted against each other for generations now. And, you know, 
absolutely it's a it's a societal thing it's it's something that was society so socially constructed so that there were you know ways for them to go against each other all right sorry about that delay there were cat happenings no it's okay it's okay i'm just talking about uh a lot of things about the Asian perspective and how, you know, Asians are every bit as racist. And in fact, you know, a lot of the modern generation of Asians have done a lot of work to try to educate the older generation. Asians have been putting out tweets and posts of how to explain Black Lives Matter to your non-English speaking parents and grandparents and such, you know, okay. and, to, and to really educate because you know, that's something that needs to happen as well. So, any case. All right. Hey, thanks to, I don't know if you mentioned, thanks uh, for the subs to everybody. Looks like Sir Retro, Milifune, really yeah. appreciated everybody. And Hi-Fi is right about that. You know, uh, there's not a lot of interactions for Asian uh, people yeah. uh, with black people on the, on the planet. And so, you know, a lot of the times what they get is from the U.S. media. The U.S. media definitely does not do a good job, you know, representing blacks. Okay, yeah, the the Holy Church, I didn't want to say that because I wasn't 100% on my memory, and I didn't think that was the kind of thing to just be flippant about. But that was my memory as well, that, uh, that All Caps was banned specifically for anti-LGBTQ comments. Um, I just, I didn't, it didn't seem like the kind of thing to say unless I was 100% sure about, so. Uh, but yeah, that, that was my memory, so thanks, thanks for confirming that. All right, anyway, let's come back, huh? Yeah, all right. You ready? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Oh, okay, Nathan. Wow. You are hungry. I train. I know, oh, Nathan's I hungry. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> you got cats. Yes. Yeah, okay, you know what, let's just come back. All right, we are back. Here you go. All right. Thanks again to everybody for coming on. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's get to the rest of the show. Let's make it a truncated version, if you please. Yes, absolutely. Um, but we're definitely going to talk about some other stuff. So first on the old docket, CPT Online, NA East. Yeah. The Capcom Pro Tour has come to North America. It's online, obviously. That's what we're all doing the whole time, this whole year. And... Well, you know, we'll talk about the results, I guess, maybe first before we get to some of the issues that happened. <laughs> uh, so the winner of it was Dr. Mandrake. Awesome. Mandrake. Good job to Mandrake. With Urian. Super Ma cool. Congrats to him. Mandrake really hit, um, he really turned the table, like turned the corner from being that gatekeeper top you know strong player to now being a threat of winning all the tournaments i remember at uh at uh in in the dominican republic uh for the event that yipes and i went to uh, blink fest right. uh last year when he got top third and top three and then it just from there he has been playing so well it's really really cool super good player second place was metro m with vega third place <laughs> El Chicote Mika, fourth was Idom, then you had CJ Truth and Hoji, and then Burkish and Brian F to round it out in the top seven. Um, yeah, it was a uh, very good play by, by Mandrake. All of those players are good players. Very, very strong mm. players, in fact. I mean, I've seen many of them at offline tournaments, too, uh, and I've seen all of them before, and they're all clearly very good. 
let's talk about the issues. Um, oh, even before before we do that as well, I just wanted to say I really like the pre-show that Logan and F Word are doing. I appreciate that. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't get a chance to see that. I didn't get a chance to see it. So they uh, they're in the UK, and this is in North America that this tournament's doing. So after it ended on Saturday night, oh, they posted about how they got together at like one in the morning their time uh-huh. to record stuff for the pre-show for the next day and they didn't get home until like four or five oh extremely man late. so shout out to them and i thought it, it turned out really well so nice work everybody they um they uh i thought i thought that's something that we've always wanted to do you know we've been pitching i feel like for an entire decade <laughs> and it's very rarely actually been done so it, it's yeah. good to see it's because they are letting people do it from home in their studios. They don't have to set up in the... Because, you know, we've always wanted to do a yeah. post-show, but you, what a lot of people don't see is that when a tournament ends, the whole place just comes down almost in, like, ten minutes. Like, they are yeah. just taking everything down. And so the fact that we have the ability to do this because of the online situation actually, you know, kind of helps. Yeah. So. No, you're, you're right. Well, let's talk about the issues, right? So, Metron's got a bad connection. Okay. It's been known. Not new. Unfortunate, and it sucks because he's clearly a good player. But that's the case. And in the top eight, when he and Idom were playing, connections were bad. Idom, after a game ended, he pulled out. He just, he DQ'd himself. Oh, that was for That was for fourth place. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. Then, I didn't see. I, I. I read something. I didn't know the details of it. So okay. Okay, that's the detail. Here's the second part of the story. Then it was Metro M versus Chicote. This is to get into grand finals. Okay. And Chicote as well had a really bad connection, and he pulled out as well. He DQ'd himself. So that was fourth place, and it was third place. Hmm. And so grand finals was Mandrake and and Metro M. Um, Where's Metro M from? What's that? Where's Metro M from? Like, where's where is he uh, geographically? You know, I actually don't know. I don't okay. remember. I I'm sure that they said on the broadcast, but okay. I I don't recall. Some people are saying Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wherever it is, it's not like a geographic distance. Right. It's just yeah. like his own connection for whatever reason is not good. I don't really know why that is. Uh, and yeah, this this was after Chicote had beaten Metro in the winner's oh, side. Oh dang! Okay, okay. And keep in mind, Idom is already qualified for Capcom Cup, mm-hmm, so for mm-hmm. him the stakes are not high. We'll talk about that in just a bit, but the stakes are not high, so he pulls out. I guess it kind of makes sense. What do you think about Chicote pulling out? I mean, in that instance, obviously it's kind of weird. I mean, especially you know for getting into Capcom Cup and you want to perform as best as you can, get all the points and everything like that. Uh, never underestimate, however, uh, fighting game player salt. And then, uh, also another thing too, I even just said this, uh, uh, on, um, on a different stream. I think I was playing Tetris at the time, but like, you know, when you make your own mistakes, when you lose, you, you, you kind of can internalize it and be like, I made the mistake, but you know, as an old school arcade player, when you played on a cabinet where the controllers didn't work and you couldn't yeah. find down back and you died, those were the matches that you got the most angry about. You know, sure. those were the matches that you got mad because you felt like they were out of your control. Chicote is young. And yeah. 
losing a match like that, which he probably didn't feel like he had control over, whereas his history of playing online, offline tournaments, you know, I'm sure he feels like he does have the control. Probably a lot of salt there. And again, you know, we talked about it earlier on the stream, being young, that kind of stuff can happen. So, sure. you know, uh, people are going to yell at Chakotay about sportsmanship or whatever, but, you know, they're, again, frustration and salt can get the best of us in a lot of those situations. And if he DQ'd himself, look, he knows the consequence for DQing himself. He's not he's only yeah. hurting himself. <laughs> he's only right, hurting right. himself. You know? For sure. For sure. No, I, I I don't blame any any individual human in any of this. I don't blame okay. any of the players. Okay, okay. So Metro M just wants to play and compete and qualify for Capcom Cup, right? Mandrake qualifies for Capcom Cup as a mm. result of this, right? Metro M was almost there. Of course he wants to enter, if right. he can enter. Idom wants to enter because it's in the rules. We'll talk, I mean, we'll talk about that shortly, but that's in the rules. Okay, cool. And he drops out because it's not a big deal for him. Oh, well. Right? What does he lose? And then Chakotay enters, and he gets really frustrated, and he drops out because of the big-time frustration. Mm -hmm. I get it. I feel like in each case, I, I don't have any quarrel with any of the players <laughs> right. involved. Uh, instead, I think the way that the tournaments are set up has got to change. Uh, so, training mode stage was banned. And mm -hmm. that's what everybody likes to play on online because the online's not great, and we all know that. And so if you can lessen the burden on your system, do it, right? This is You're not sending the data of the stage back and forth. Instead, you want to make sure that your system isn't slowed down in any way so that it can continue to send an up-to-date and receive an up-to-date uh, uh, signal from the other person. Right. right? I mean, you saw, you saw that... Um... Uh, Keats explained, you know, the, 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 that, that the stages, you know, absolutely can cause lag problems. So. Yeah, they can cause, like, desyncing and stuff, sure. Right. And as far as Metro M, what I've read the rumor is that he has a 5 uh, meg upload. That's, like, more than enough for fighting games. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the problem is particularly, but it's not that speed. Um, so th there has to be a different set of rules. Presumably the reason that Capcom doesn't want training mode stage to be played on stream is because it's considered boring. Well, but that's it, 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 it all came from Street Fighter 4, where everybody would play on training mode stage and it just looked bad. Uh, and so everybody, so they banned it from Street Fighter 5 so we could get the variety. And of course, they sell stages and things like that. I'm sure yeah, they yeah. want to promote that kind of thing. but That's their bad. They, yeah. They're the ones who have to fix that. And I think in the meantime... They should not be penalizing players who have purchased their game, the... right? And have spent who knows how many hours and how much money on the various things you can buy within the game. Let those people just have a good online tournament, you know? The, or at least the fact... under the circumstances, at least as, they, as good as they can be. The fact that it's no player's fault that the training mode stage runs the best online, it's, it's Capcom's fault. It is. And so you know, banning the stage is kind of like making, like, Microsoft making their own antivirus for their OS. It's mm. like, why do that when you could try to fix your operating system? You know? <laughs> like, <Okay>. you're Microsoft. 
so you know you're Capcom why are you banning the only stage that plays online as part of your rule as opposed to fix the online <laughs> you know by the way what, what a what a semantic programmers analogy I love it I, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I'm just thinking like how many times must people in your company have complained about this <laughs> but you know especially because there has already been a user created patch that worked better than anything that they have right now you know totally. it's like it's it's still baffling at this point. And they were planning to do this Olympics thing. They're going to have this online CPT going for the whole entire year. I mean, at this point in time, this has got to be the top priority, right? I mean, you are going to make your game look really bad. The hey, game's... imagine if COVID hadn't destroyed the world and we would be doing Olympics right now. I <sighs> imagine. <laughs> Just crack me up. Oh boy, this netcode and the Olympics were made for each other. So there was another issue, and that is that Adam was allowed to participate. Mm -hmm. Adam is qualified for Capcom Cup, having won Capcom Cup last yep. year, and whoever wins the last one gets to go to the next one. Mm -hmm. In previous years, the previous champion has been able to enter. Now, the difference maybe is that in those tournaments, people were fighting for points. They were fighting for money. Money. <laughs> right? And this is not one of those cases. Mm -hmm. It's different now. Because there's what no money think... involved in this one. There's no money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think about IDOM being allowed to participate? Uh, the biggest problem with it, I don't mind it, okay? Let's, let's just put it this way. There's okay. a caveat to that, though. I don't mind it because... You know what? If you want to win Capcom Cup, you got to beat Idom anyway, I feel like. You know, he's, he's going to be there. And we've always been about letting everybody play. The issue is that Idom is only gatekeeping a select few players. He's mm. not gatekeeping Asia. He's not gatekeeping the West. He's not gatekeeping Europe. He's not gatekeeping any of those. He's specifically gatekeeping one geographical location Whereas in the offline tournaments, you were only gatekeeping the people who traveled there to play in the event. And that, that's equal opportunity gatekeeping. <laughs> so, but again, for me, it's whatever. But I can understand why people are frustrated in this situation because getting the Capcom Cup means a lot to these people. And if you lose the IDOM and then IDOM DQs himself in a match later on, you're like, well, he just beat a bunch of us and then just left. Like, that's kind of frustrating because he doesn't have the pressure that everybody else does. So, again, I don't mind that he's playing personally, but I totally see why a lot of people would be frustrated, you know, the fact that he's playing. Because someone even said, you know, I think they said to Punk, they're like, well, he's not gatekeeping your tournaments because you're on the West Coast. You know, mm. so of course you don't care if he's gatekeeping and there's a little element of that as well. So uh, if it were me, I probably wouldn't prevent Idom from entering, but that's me before all this discussion. Now that all this discussion has come up, it's something I'd probably have to think about 
I'd have to think about it a little bit, but it just sucks because Iram loves the game. He's having fun. He just wants to play. He wants to have good competition. He wants to practice. He wants to play in a tournament. And you know, why rob him of that? Because he's the champion. You should be rewarded for being a champion, not, you know, punished for being a champion. So, mm. hmm. Well, he is rewarded for being the champion, and the reward is to be in Capcom Cup automatically this year. Right, right. So I would not have allowed him to play if yeah, I if okay. I were running these these tournaments. Okay. Um, he ha he's he's in Capcom Cup. There's no other thing that he's there to win. Not points, not money. Mm -hmm. It's just if you win a tournament, you are qualified. That's the rules this year. Hmm. So I yeah. I think under those circumstances, to me, the reason to allow gatekeeping is because like there's these ulterior things uh -huh. that people can win. But in this case where it's not like that, yeah, I think that he shouldn't be there. Maybe they'll ultimately have to beat him at Capcom Cup, but like that's the place to do it in my mind and not in the qualification <laughs> because he is qualified already. It's certainly been our practice, it's been our tradition or whatever for a long time to allow people to enter and gatekeep. I'm not sure that's like a useful thing to have. I don't know. Was that a good idea for us to have done for the last 20 years? I, I don't... Maybe not. I, it's not. It certainly doesn't seem like something that is important enough to just keep around just because. I feel like it's more... It's something that we should think about getting rid of. Hmm. At least in situations where there isn't something else to be won. You know, if somebody, if you can win money, I, I, I absolutely get it in that case, for sure. <laughs> you know, or points or whatever should, to qualify. They, absolutely. You know but what they in this do? case, I don't see it. Okay. No, I, I was thinking is what they should do is just have it so that for the East Coast tournaments, you know, after grand finals is over, have the players play item just for fun. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're required yeah. to play against Idom, anyway, yeah. you know, so Idom can just show up, get some practice against these top players, and you know, give well, those give those players like you know, free free bison bucks or something if they can beat Idom. <laughs> uh, a lot of those players do play each other at NLBC and other weeklies. Yeah, they they already are playing a lot. Mm. So uh, yeah. yeah, and I think it's I think this is a funny but but. Interesting point. Yeah. From I mean, Rice Eater, who says, if you have no problem with Idom entering, why not let everyone enter last chance qualifiers at Capcom Cup? Why not? I don't, there's no, I think that's the same question. Well, right? it's because a lot of people are already in Capcom Cup and they don't want to get themselves yeah. tired playing extra matches. They'd rather practice and study. They already know they're in. And a lot of well, these. Okay, but that's not, that's not why we don't let them enter right maybe they wouldn't enter anyway but they're not allowed to right mm -hmm. they we don't let them enter because they're qualified and like doesn't make any sense for people who are qualified <laughs> to enter the last chance qualifier yeah i do like the autocorrect turning somebody's lcq into liquor <laughs> in, nah. in the chat uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I see the, what the, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The other thing too is that I mean, honestly, I it's it's like Idom would like to play in that kind of environment. Playing at NLBC every week, you get the competition, but it's an environment that you're familiar with. Blah 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 blah. You'd like to try. So it, we're all know. playing online, dude. I don't know yeah. that that argument. Much right now. <laughs> He's in yeah. his boxers at home, regardless. Uh, with socks, definitely wearing yep, right. socks. That's true. Definitely you're right. Yep. wearing socks. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
All right, all right. Anything else to say about this? Uh, no, let's go ahead and move on to some other stuff. That was kind of oh. part of the 5-5 matchup already, right? So Yeah, it was. We're just we're keeping it short. Yeah. Uh, there was another tournament to talk about, and that is the Rage Grand Blue Fantasy versus 2020 Summer event. Mm-hmm. And that was won by, I'm actually not sure how to pronounce this, Mochi or Mochi? Uh, Mochi, maybe? <coughs> Fairy. And uh, Gamera with Jita and Catalina got second. Buggy, Catalina third. Eo. Eo? Okay. With Matera. Is that the same uh, Eo? Oh, no, it I is. It is. I think it is. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because Matera picked, dude. There you go. High Fight might be in the chat. Maybe he, he can chime in if he knows. I assume it's the same player, yeah. That's so sick. Shout it's, out to EO. ZX, ZXC just says that, yeah, it is the same one. And yes, High Fight says it as well. Same EO. There you go. Uh, one second. Uh, that's super cool. So EO was a top-level Dalsim. And yeah. in fact, he was, at one point, if my memory serves, one of the best players in CVS 2 with Dalsum. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was a hero of mine because there were like no other Dalsums in the world and <laughs> it was cool to occasionally see a match of his pop up on like combo vids or whatever. Right. Uh, so that was, that was great. All right. Anyway, congrats on that one. Very nice. And that's all I got for. Yeah. Eo was the one who played in the GameStop tournament from Japan against Daigo. And when Daigo did the uppercut in the super from a screen away against him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how that's long right. he's been around. So, oh, he's been around for longer than SF4. He was he was a longtime top player before SF4. Yep. Wow, Gamera went to losers first round and had to win 18 games to come back to grands. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, the scary thing about that whole event is, if I'm not mistaken, that was an offline event. Yeah. And you know, obviously the cases have been spiking all around the world thanks to reopening of everything. So. I yeah. really, really hope everybody in Japan stays safe. I mean, they're going to be cleaner and be wearing masks more than everyone around here. So hopefully, yeah. uh, oh, first part was online. That's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah the qualifier part, I okay. believe, or the okay. pre- preliminaries. Gotcha. All right. Well, moving on. I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got for tournament results. Let's get to game news. Okay. Game news, because there was some. Here, in my view, there was other news, but the biggest news in my book is that Super Smash Brothers Melee has a rollback netcode. Dude, is... Slippy Online from Slippy.gg. That guy's ridiculous. I mean, the, the community... Incredible. The community is ridiculous. Incredible. Incredible. They, they are so good at what they do. Well, I mean, it's not like our community didn't come up with a patch that fixed the rollback netcode that got summarily, you know, uh, banned. But, you You're know... Right. Uh, but still, to get Project Dolphin to support, you know, the... I don't know if it has save states it naturally in the, in the emulator itself. But if so, that definitely helps a lot of the situation. But, you know, then it's probably very similar to what Tom and Tony did with uh, Final Burn a long time ago to, to, to turn that into GGPO, which eventually became Fightcade. But, I mean, I, I put out a tweet. And I asked people how it felt. How does the how does the online melee felt feel? And they're like, it's amazing. Yeah. They all said <laughs> it's amazing. And they said like Leffen was playing someone from the northwest in the US or something, and it was like terrible ping or whatever, but it played great and everybody's doing the things and they said that they're they're 
everybody's so happy about it and that's amazing it's so cool it's, it's so cool i was just gonna make the same point that child of sea made where they say melee has been immortalized forever because of rollback netcode i absolutely agree this is the thing that puts melee into the realm of forever games yeah for sure it was, <laughs> hey look it would already have it's already been 20 years like it would have lasted right yeah but the fact that now you can play online from anywhere in a game that just didn't even have netcode just wasn't well, a feature of the game until people invented it several years ago i mean that that's the thing that makes this game last it's it's an infinite game at this point just sure. yesterday i was playing super turbo on 30th anniversary offline with somebody and uh that experience wasn't even great like mm. <laughs> the online experience of the 30th anniversary isn't great either but could you imagine if it was like man then then all those games would be like forever games and everything but yeah having good online definitely puts you into that category the question now is can Nintendo do anything to stop it or put a cease and desist on it? I mean, they haven't done anything to Project Dolphin in the past, right? right? At, at least not that I know of. And, you know, they're not... It's not like they're modifying the code like they did for Brawl and Project Melee where they were literally making a different game. It's the same game, just played with better net code that wasn't part of the game in the first place. So, you know, maybe maybe Nintendo doesn't do anything to it, hopefully. And I, My I gut is to say that it is infringing, but I don't know. And I'm very encouraged, actually. So there's like five other esports lawyers in the world, and one of them is a guy named Harris, Harris Peskin. And he is a big Smash head. He's been playing Smash for a long time. He's been competitive in it. And he had a tweet where he was like, this was my favorite project to work on or one of my favorite projects to work oh, on. Oh, okay. So they consulted a lawyer for sure and I don't know what he said or we don't <laughs> about that, but but the fact that they talked with him and that he is public about it and that they released it makes me think that like they got something that they're doing it right in some way. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what that is, but I'm I, I was very very happy to see that Harris was involved in it in some way because cool. that makes me think that there's a little bit more security in there. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Cool. Super cool. So shout outs to Slippy. In Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Min Min from Arms announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh yeah. Well, I love in Ultimate. <laughs> I just love that as soon as that she does the boom pose, all you hear is "What I love you." I was like, "Oh, I understood that. <laughs> I understood I that." Yeah, I love ramen is what she says because <laughs> she's obsessed with ramen. But yeah, yeah, she works at a ramen house, I guess. I think it's funny because like when you watch that Nintendo Direct, they're like, "Why did we choose Min Min?" Because the arms director said, "Put Min Min in there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was it. No, no Twintel waifus in the game, I guess. So, <laughs> so um, she looks really interesting, dude. What a crazy, very game interesting dude. design. I'm so happy with how Smash Ultimate has done it. You know, there's so many unique characters in this game, and they have just they've continued to pump out unique ones. So she's Conra. I mean, she has these far ranged buttons. She's better at range than she is up close. Her far range buttons don't have hurt boxes. Her, they like specifically showed that, which I yeah, was like, wow, I can't uh -huh. show that up. Uh, and she has a ranged grab as well, which doesn't even look like it's like a tether kind of animation. It's just like a, mm -hmm. and that's very interesting. 
and she's got these weird complexities about her with the movement and the different arms. She could use the two arms at once. She can go A and then B, B then A. Yeah. She has a command jump. Like, it's Conra. Dude, they are so cool. Really just taking it to whatever level they can go in Smash Brothers now. You know, what they're doing. I mean, they gave Terry a mini super if he has a high mm-hmm. percentage that he can just activate at any point in time. You know, they made Ryu and Ken so that they don't, and Terry so they don't turn around and things. And you notice that with Twintel, she's one of the only characters that I think that does this. She does the gill from Street Fighter V. They didn't even talk about it in the, in the display, but when she turns around, she stays with her back facing you. When she's facing left, her back is facing you, I think. And when she turns around... I'm sorry, not Twin Tail, Min Min. And, and none of the other characters do that, if I'm not mistaken, right? They're always kind of like forward-facing, no, right? No, you're you're thinking the opposite, I think, is that Terry always looks at the opponent, right? Isn't that what the deal is? Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about, like, when Luigi is... If there's two Luigis and one's facing left and one's facing right, is it like Tekken yeah. you see the back of Luigi on the other side and the front of Luigi on the other side? So, because the thing is, like, in Street Fighter, no matter what? which w- side you're on, your front, your your halfway turn, so the front of it. Oh, you do see the back of them. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think it's just the fighting game characters that are always looking at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I was wondering if they, were, if they did the mirror image thing or not, but I guess they don't. Okay, okay. Never mind then. Never mind. It's because, you know, Gil, he's the only character in Street Fighter V that you see his back when he's on the other side. Because they didn't want to mess up the colors and the the, 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 the the arm leaning forward being the ice one and stuff like that. So, okay, okay. Never yeah. saw it. Okay. But okay, <laughs> duly noted. So Min Min in Smash. And I thought it was cool, too, that Sakurai was so open about how he views the character. He was like, this character is really going to do well in some matchups, but really going to struggle in others. Like, he was very... <laughs> He's, they're designing characters in a way that I don't think they did years ago. It just mm. seems like a different design process. They're certainly coming out with different kinds of characters. Not, not just that they are guests, but that they are so unique. You know, all of them have, mm. almost all of them have been really unique. Yeah, before it just felt like, what would this character do? Let's make him do it. Whee! Right. You know? <laughs> yep. But, yep. I mean, maybe that is what they kind of did with Min Min, and it just ends up with her being that way, but. Maybe, but still, they are recognizing that. You know, again, I think oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I in see like a competitive saying. sort of way. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And Dude, although and, they and, certainly come out with competitive games, I don't know that that was the intention. And know, it's still so it, crazy that he always demos things by playing both characters at the same time on two yeah, controllers. You got to see his uh, little apartment there. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. Where he's like, in my head, the reason that you couldn't really see outside is that he's in a building and it's so high up. His he lives in such a fancy penthouse that it's all it's all cloud outside. Oh right, really yeah, yeah. It's probably true. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably true. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I mean, all right. And then what's up? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. In Samurai Showdown, Warden from For Honor is what? announced for the game. Was it officially announced? It sure was. Oh, okay, okay, because I saw the rumors of it. I saw the rumors of, uh, like, the, the someone who figured out what the silhouette was, but I didn't see the actual official announcement. I saw people speculating it because the, 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 the silhouette fit perfectly, but uh, that's 
kind of a crazy pick. I was not expecting that, but uh, no. did they have a trailer for him? Yeah, man, I put it in the old Google Doc. You can Dang. check it out if you'd like. Man, okay. Look, again, my sleep schedule's messed up. I wake up and I go out and I do things right away. I don't have time to check the social media just yet, so... Uh, but that's kind but yes, of... they have a trailer for him. He... Okay. I mean, he looks like uh, a knight. I don't know. I mean, it's just okay. a, it's like a very nondescript knight. I feel like it's about the most boring thing they could have picked. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> For Honor has a bunch of fans, so maybe they're trying to get the For Honor fans, which fair enough. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's Warden's like just a knight. I don't know. There's no personality in there. It's just yeah. You can't see any face. It's just a mask. I, I don't. Know. Probably would have been better anyway. to pick a different character from For Honor. Like I played For Honor for a while, and I I think they wanted to get one of whatever the knights faction is called. I don't remember anymore. Okay. But there were a couple of other ones that I thought were more interesting. Anyway, whatever. They went with Warden. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> They're building it as Bushido versus Chivalry. In a better world, we would have another character and Twintel instead, right? <laughs> In Smash <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> instead of Min Min. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, what I read is that the For Honor subreddit like didn't wasn't like blown up about it. But whatever, man. It, you know? I think I think it's a it's a good attempted crossover. Wasn't what anybody expected, but I think that it's a makes sense certainly. So yeah, we'll see yeah. how it turns out. Okay. You know, I played For Honor for a little while on launch. I thought it was not very good, but I heard that it was improved big time after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was one. Lot, of, so. It was one of those situations where it might have been a little too little too late to be improved, probably. I, my understanding is that it still has a lot of players. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. All right. In Street Fighter. Uh, not Street Fighter Five. Street Fighter Duel mobile <laughs> game announced. Looks oh, there you go. kind of janky. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the graphics. Looks like they're using Street Fighter Four models. There's like focus attacks and, and things like that. It, Looked hey. really weird. A little bit. I don't know. All right. Yeah, but uh, uh, the big thing about that game is that it's being developed by Tencent, and you know right. it's very interesting that they have a partnership with them there. You know they did Gung Ho with Teppen. It really seems like Capcom's trying to figure out how to farm the Street Fighter franchise or you know their IPs to different mobile companies and see how they work out that way. All right, well, that's all I got for game news as far as community news. If anybody wants to enter EVO online, you have until the end of this week to do it. Registration ends June 28th. So, heads up there. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, all right, so Chris G got released from EG. Did they say... EG put those tweets out just before we started the show. Quote, we at EG value each member of our community and have zero tolerance for harassment. After investigation, it was evident that Chris's statements, though made in 2017, continue to have real harmful impact on our community. Oh, dang. So it was based off of the, the, the 2017 comments then. Okay. It was. It was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought you it know, did something guess... new or something. No, I don't think there was anything new. Okay. No. So I think I'll let maybe... David spoke to this a little bit. I think I'll let his perspective on that stand. Um, that was at this point a while ago. I, no, I guess it was Cuddle as well who spoke to this. 
uh, I guess I'll let, I'll let their, their comments stand, you know. Yeah. Um, but that is the news. Mm-hmm. Chris G's gone. Esports Arena Oakland. They are closing. I guess even outside of Wednesday Night Fights, they just weren't getting a lot of people going there or something. And then obviously with the quarantine, nobody showing up. You know how rent is up there in San Francisco area, Oakland area. I'm sure it wasn't great. So, um... Their tweet says, Regarding Esports Arena Oakland, due to unfortunate circumstances, Esports Arena Oakland will not be reopening and we will be closing our doors permanently. Uh, Can't thank you all enough and we'll never forget all the events, weeklies, and communities who competed inside our doors. I'm just sad. So, it's over. What does that mean for Wednesday Night Fights NorCal? Are they are they going to have to find a new venue? or? I think that's too far ahead to be honest. Yeah, that's probably I, true. I just don't know when that's going to be, you know? I think I think we have to be content with having online events mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. We are not handling this stuff well, you know, as a as a country, as even states, even California, even our cities um, are not handling it great. So yeah. I think that's going to be a while off. And at that point, maybe you look around and see what's left, you know? But until then, <laughs> no idea. No idea. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it definitely is tough. Um, I don't know if I ever told this story. Here's a story. So, you remember that thing that where we got nominated for Commentary Duo of the Year? Well, I mean, it, it was me and someone named Ultra by David. Yeah, it was, right. It was Ultra by David, who I, I went in, in their stead. Right, uh-huh. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> and while I was there... They uh, they gave out liquor so that during the show you're a little bit rowdier. Right. Uh-huh. Which you know that's fine. We're, we're there to have fun. I mean, with that's it. what they do at like Golden Globes and stuff. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there I am sitting in the crowd, and to my side, I happen to sit on a little like set of chairs where esports arena people are right there. Okay. And they, the owner was there, and he was like, he seemed like a pretty normal dude. The other people there were just like very they were marketing people they were not they didn't and they said this stuff they didn't really know the games they were going what's that who's this what's that they were unrelated it really felt to me from anybody else there and i at that moment was concerned (laughs) <laughs> because it, they had like just announced that they were going to do stuff in Walmart. Right? Oh, that's like, right. That which never happened. <laughs> no, no, it did happen. Yeah, did they, they oh. opened some spots. Oh, I didn't even know. God, that. I, I and I thought that was my first sign where I was like, "What?" And my second sign was like actually meeting these people, and I just feel like they blew up way too aggressively. Now nobody predicts COVID nineteen. You know, who right, knows how things yeah. go if that doesn't happen. But even still, it's a pretty fast blow up to go from just like a little shack in Southern California to having a spot at the Luxor to having spots in Walmart. It was just a fast, fast, fast. Yeah. You know, that's not, I mean, it seems sustainable to me, and so it is. To be fair, though, I mean, previous administration prepared all this pandemic stuff and it was it is the 19th covid after all i mean there's been 18 already yeah so i mean there's got to be at least some level of prediction in there come on yeah exactly so we'll we'll see 
you know, your question, what Wednesday Night Fights does in the future, just too far off. Yeah, we'll, we'll that's true. That's true. I'm just, I'm just concerned for that scene, of the, the NorCal scene, because it's, I'm sad that they're losing that because, well, I mean, maybe they stick to online for a while because it seems like they're doing a lot of cool online stuff right now. So. Yeah, I, I think they will. Okay. Other news, uh, Mixer's dead. Uh, if you were a streamer on Mixer, bummer. The people who were partnered on Facebook, streamers, sorry, on Mixer there, will be able to get partner on Facebook as well. Um, Mixer will send people from their spot to Facebook, and uh, yeah, their partners will get status like, like that with Facebook. Uh, there's no contractual obligation to do that, so if you were streaming on Mixer, mm -hmm. now you can go to Twitch or YouTube or whatever it is, Facebook. Up to you. But yeah, Mixer's gone. This was right after they were accused of racism by somebody who had worked at Mixer. And I feel like it was actually the next day that this was announced. I think it was. And that's weird. And maybe coincidental, but weird for sure. But the fact that Facebook and Mixer have an agreement I'll tell you, that's not the kind of thing that you do in one day. I would be very surprised if it was like one day this horrible report comes out about one of their leaders calling their streamers slaves. Horrible stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the next day it's dead. I just don't think that's what happened because to, to have, for the lawyers to write up the agreement to make that kind of thing happen takes longer right. than one day. For right. for the two the, the two teams to come together and make that agreement, that takes more than one day. Right, of course. I would think. I mean, I wasn't involved. Maybe it was one day, but I just I would bet against that. So mm -hmm. I feel like this is something that was going to happen. Maybe they upped the timetable to right now. Maybe it was going to be later. Who knows? But I just I don't think it was like a complete destruction in a single day. Yeah. I think it was probably planned. Yeah. Just maybe I mean, an acceleration. Obviously, it sucks for a lot of the, the people who streamed on Mixer who actually did gain a following there, you know, who did manage to build up followings because they were not told, they were not warned, there was nothing coming up, they couldn't prepare anybody. So it's not like they had two weeks to try to migrate their fans over to, you know, Twitch or something like, hey, I'm going to start the stream here. Hey, guys, come over to Twitch and watch me over there. You know, it just, it just happened. And... I think I saw a tweet from somebody that was saying that the front page stream on Mixer was somebody setting up their Twitch page or something like that. Because, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> uh, you know, that's that's kind of... It's just a it's a it's just one of those terrible situations that that they did like it was like the Curry House employees that went to work and found out that Curry House got shut down. You know, like give people some some you know at least have the courtesy to let your user base know a little ahead of time or something like that so yeah do they have a month do they actually have a month that that it can go or is do it just what? gone at this point do they have a month because it says someone someone in the chat says they have until july 22nd if that's the case then okay then that's that's oh, yeah, at it's, least it's a not, not literally immediate yeah, yeah oh okay okay i thought i thought mixer was just done i thought they just killed it basically okay okay 30 days yeah is there more. were not many people on there but i have read people who i put a tweet out bashing mixer like a big old jerk face and a couple of people did respond saying that they had 
you know developed friendships in streams there and that they they'll miss it so right. bummer for sure and okay. it's just it's just you know it's concerning that, that that there is so much power in facebook you google and amazon that's yeah. just yeah it's not a great way to be running a society or a world and while i was maybe a little bit too flippant when i said those are the three companies left on earth it's not too far off from that to be honest which ones did you name facebook google amazon those are like the three companies that remain on planet earth disney maybe you yeah, Disney is somebody is something that many people brought up, and there's a few others for sure. But in outside of China, which is kind of its own universe, there's not a lot. You know, I mean, Huawei, too many countries right? in the world have let too much of that stuff happen. Certainly, our our country has been among the worst when it comes yeah. to allowing um, mergers and acquisitions wow. in kind of a reckless way and the building of monopolies, but. That's happening in many other places too. It's a big bummer. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, that's what happens when the, Mark Zuckerberg, my friend. That's what happens when the people who own and run businesses are the ones that also get to make the laws. So, <laughs> or at least get to pay the people who make the laws. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know, I just I'm not sure that saying that we're a capitalist country is well is uh, encapsulated by allowing monopolization. Mm -hmm. There's always been, anyway, whatever, about that later. Um, it may not really be capitalism to have true monopolies. It just depends on how you view that. That may be an inevitability for you, or that may be something to be avoided. It just depends mm -hmm. on your views on that topic. All right, we we'll move on. During uh, this pandemic, the, the richest people got even richer, dude. So. They sure did. It's a big, bad world out there. All right, uh, the last thing I had on this for community news and for news in general was that Aww. Silver Rye's dad passed away from COVID-19. Uh, Ryan oh, no. Silver Rye is a Mortal Kombat NRS player, and super good guy, uh, you know, single dad, has a daughter, and he was uh, taking care of a lot of his family, and uh, his, dad, his dad passed from COVID-19. So I just wanted, wanted to say condolences, rest in peace. That is, uh, it's really sorry to see. Aww. The NRS scene's been really good about it. You know, been supporting him. I saw efforts to raise money for funeral costs out there. I saw Foxy Grandpa boosting that. Many other players as well. That's just who jumped to mind. But I, I saw a lot of people on the scene doing that. So there's, mm -hmm. you know, at least a sort of community effort to help a little bit. To, to, the idea of that happening in COVID-19, not being able to see your dad as he passes away, nobody can visit the hospital. It's just, that's, I mean, like that's the worst about everybody who's passing away at this time is you can't even say goodbye. They have to FaceTime you and Zoom you and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, that's what, we, that's what we were told about well, Blue Jay when Blue Jay passed. Right. Nobody, nobody could do that. He had been in a coma. It's not like he was... They couldn't FaceTime him, right? I mean, he was out. And... Nobody got to say goodbye, so just very, very terrible news all around. Yeah, that's Silver Rye. Silver Rye, top NRS player. Yeah, yeah, very sad. All right, well, that's all I have for news. Okay. Anything else going on? Uh, no, that's. Uh, I I think that there's probably not much else left to say except again to thank the guests that we had today on the show yeah. like i said we're gonna try to bring more people on as well you know to keep talking about it 
this is a long-term conversation and uh you know remember you know black lives matter and you know support support just just try let's all try to be good decent human beings to each other just like amanda said so for sure and wear a mask and wear a goddamn mask dude please okay please wear a mask yep still time to take that stuff seriously um, oh, cool! Faxy Grandpa and, says that you can check Silverize Twitter if you oh, want you to donate to his okay, cool. to donate to his father's funeral costs. Thank you, Foxy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, dude. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we just I just want to say you you mentioned that we're gonna have people on next week. Uh, I have confirmed with uh, Sharpie and Boken so far, okay. and. I won't mention the others that we're talking with to have them on because, you know, we'll see if it works out. But those those folks have told me that they're going to be involved. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Oh, excuse me, Jasmine. I can't see my monitor. Please. Okay. All right. Cool. I will. Uh... Okay. I guess that's it for the night then. Okay. Cool. Uh, thanks, guys, for watching and take care. Peace. Oops. I forgot the bird. Hang on. The bird. The bird. The bird. Yeah, we we mentioned Chris getting dropped, uh, although we didn't. We said we didn't say anything about it. To be clear, right? Yeah, we, uh, we just stated that it happened. Heard him. Take care, everybody.